Hey friends, hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of the Day 2 Watch Party from the 2022 Bassmaster Classic at Lake Hartwell, where Brian Riesgraf, Punch Fishing, joins me. We talk Bassmaster Classic, MLF, new tackle for Bassmaster Classic, all the product releases, a whole bunch of other random stuff. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. I got this. We can play. All right, all right. Here we are on a rare Saturday afternoon, Hellabass Live. First annual, first ever uh, Bassmaster Classic watch party. So here we are with Brian. What's up, buddy? Hi, uh, man. I, I think this is a good use of our time because you're like a tournament expert, and I'm like I'm like the, the quintessential casual. So you can, you can edu- educate me. So you can give us kind of a non-hardcore perspective and i'll give you the hardcore perspective sounds good so we got tom here we got chris i'm gonna shoot this link out here dustin taylor not working today uh oh man i gotta get the link so yeah what's up so we, we we should be able to dip in and uh show you some classic stuff there in a commercial break and it looks like brian new is fishing a boat dock with uh i don't know slow rolling a swim bait or something but uh, we'll peek in there from time to time with something cool. But otherwise, we're going to hang out, talk about the Bassmaster Classic, what's going on. Whoa. Um, we got a lot of comments know. flying already. Holy crap. Is it out on my – I got to look and see if it actually got posted to my channel. should be. I know. I think if that's we, we were going to get on early, but we had a little miscommunication to get the bugs all worked out here. So uh apologize for that. Who is working? We, we were going to get on early. There we oh, go. And there's not muted, so you can hear it. <laughs> right, I got it. We're good. All right. I was just going to blast this link out to a few places. So this is cool. Yeah. I, we've never done a never done a simulcast like on multiple YouTube channels. So that, that I have with, with Mr. Bass, but we used Restream instead of StreamYard. So, so this is. So shout out to StreamYard for uh, pulling this off. This is pretty cool. Do you have to use the yeah. paver? I'm assuming you have to use the pay version to use this feature. I don't think so. <clears throat> it's part of the new team version they have to. So, Sycamore, what's going on? David, saying like, you. So as usual with these live streams, the more you guys comment and the more you hit like, the higher up this goes in people's feeds when they log in and start surfing YouTube while they're uh, sitting around. So, if everybody could hit like real quick, that would be helpful to pump up the stream. Who's my favorite at this point? Ooh, that's a good question. Of who's fishing because we, we can also see here if I uh do this right, we can take a live look in at the uh the bass track, yeah. Let's get, yeah. So, I was actually looking at this last night. Um, it basically yeah. seems like you got to be in the 14 pound club as of yesterday to even have a, like to really yeah, have a I would, I would agree that 14 and 15 cut, pounds you, you survive yesterday, right? So, it seems like if you're if you're under the 14 pound club, you're in trouble. What's up, Bass Pundit? Good to see you. Yeah, part of the reason we were a little discombobulated because I realized I walked my dog and then I needed to make some lunch. 
Hey, lunch, lunch is important. Got to keep your blood sugar up. Um, yeah. What? Okay. I have a lot of thoughts from watching the classic yesterday and then this morning. It seems okay, like before we get into that favorite. Um, I think I'm pulling for Christie right now. Like that's who I'm pulling for, and I'm regretting putting Jay Powell, shocking myself into Prosnick over Christie at this point on my fantasy team. But that's who mm-hmm. I'm pulling for right now. So a couple thoughts. It's interesting how close everybody is in like the top 10. Like there's nobody running away with it at this point. Right. Right. It is pretty tight. Um, I mean, this morning when they went, like when I was watching, I guess if you guys didn't, if you missed it right from seven to 11 central, they were live on the national Fox broadcasts, which was pretty sweet. You could just watch it right over. You could watch it over antenna cable, whatever. So that was cool. But for I think basically until Christie caught a four pounder, there was all these guys that were within like eight ounces of each other from like Welcher all the way up to Christie, like a virtual six way tie for first place, like right at 30 pounds. Right. All right. I'm going to shoot some social stuff out. Terry's checking in from the forklift via Bluetooth. That's awesome. Forklift. Oh, you're working in a warehouse or something? Moving pallets around? Cox had a good day yesterday. I haven't seen much from him today, but it might be more of an afternoon thing. So the biggest thing we're seeing is that <clears throat> the uh, the sun might just starting to be peak out. Yesterday was much sunnier, um, and today's been mostly cloud. And we also had wind yesterday, which I think helped a lot of people's bites. So it looks like the wind's starting to kick up just a little bit. So that little breeze is probably going to help the bite. And then if the sun peaks out, I think the guys that have that <clears throat> shallow approach. Or the one-two approach where they started deep and they're saving that shallow for the afternoon mm. are going to be positioned well um, to make a surge. So right now it is just after noon, which is just after one uh, there. So I think it's just under two hours to fish. So basically, mm. depending on your flight, you have until about 3 p.m. Mm. <clears throat> Eastern time for the day. So we're in the last quarter of the day. So you're in crunch mode. Like Lee Livesey, he just caught a three and a quarter, so that just moved him up the leaderboard. He just popped into the six, top six Ooh. here. So, do you have a personal favorite you're pulling for? Um, not really. I, I honestly, it's like there's, I mean, entertainment factor wise, you want some of the big personalities in that top, like in the hunt on the final day, right? So, right. you want the Swindell, you want the Martin. Uh, you know, you want the Christie, you want, you want some of these guys who are good on camera to make that final day cut. Right. So you're kind of rooting for some of these guys. Cause you know, they're going to put on a show. Um, but no, honestly, I, I mean, I, I will say if Martin is knocking on the door for a win in his first classic that he, qual- this is the first classic he's ever qualified for. Right. Correct. So if he, in his very first classic, if he's like in the hunt to win on the final day, even if he doesn't win, I think that's fairly significant, right? Like, that's pretty pretty amazing to like qualify and then be in the chance to win at your, your very first one. I don't know. I mean, that was his whole premise behind unfinished business, right? right. Was to make the elites, make a classic, win a classic. Wow. Well, even if he doesn't win and he's in that hunt on that final day, he's got a camera strapped to his chest. You know, he's filming the whole damn thing. And yep. so, you know, there's going to be some really good videos coming out from his POV after the fact. So just the fact that he's in the hunt on the final day is going to give a really big boost to his like videos. Cause everyone's going to go, Oh, I wanted to see 
you know, what it's like to almost win the thing in your first year. I don't know. It, it seems like it's the planets are aligning for him <laughs> content wise. So somebody asked about <clears throat> how's the fantasy team doing? Um, Tom asked Tom Sullivan. So <clears throat> looks like Prosnick's up today. He's got 15 pounds. So, you know, that'd be great if Prosnick as my a bucket guy can sneak into the, the top 25. That's going to be huge for my team. And then, it's like Cox only has seven pounds a day, so I need him to get in there. I mean, basically, to be a decent, you need pretty much everybody to make the top. And right now, I got one guy barely in, and Hamner's doing all right. So <clears throat> this last two hours, we're going to need a surge, or my fantasy team's going to look pretty bad, honestly. So it looks like to me there's a few guys that have pretty light bags right now that could call and sneak up into like that top five. Like you got um, Patrick, who's only got a 10-pound bag. Right. So there's a lot of wiggle room for him. Swindell only has a 12 pound bag. So if those guys can like call two, three pounds, they're right up back towards the top. Like, yeah. And the other thing is, like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Hackney was pretty light on his bass track yesterday. So I would expect this number will be inflate. I mean, he'll have more than that. Um, Holy cow. I didn't know Chink, Hank Cherry has a 17 pound bag right now. Yeah. That's Hank Cherry has one of the bigger bags of the day. Ooh. Um, so he's got himself back in contention. His first fish of the day. So you can always click on their names on Bass Track if you didn't know that. Right. Yeah, I like and you that. can see how their bag is built. So that five pound kicker is really carrying him along with a couple, you know, two and a half to three and a half pounders. So yeah, he also uh, watch guys like you mentioned Walters, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got a pretty. You know, he's got one little one, so that's you know catches a three pounder that puts him up to like twelve pounds pretty easy. Um, So it's always kind of see like you got guys and you can kind of look at their, I think this is their, do they have their big bass? No, just shows you their last catch. But then Nick Brun caught a six pounder just a few minutes, like just as we went live, he caught a six pounder. Oh, right? wow. So that's a guy that's on my drain the lake team, an open guy that won the Grand Lake Open, the last open of the year they got in. And uh, so that vaults him way up. I mean, okay. five to seven pound largemouth is a game changer on this waterway. So I'm I'm an idiot. I don't even know what drain the lake. I, I keep hearing them talk about it. Is it one of those like last man standing kind of things, like in fantasy football, or what? What is the survivor the thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, survivor pool. So you can go to drain the lake. Got it. And uh, basically, we can check in there. I'm doing much better <laughs> on drain the lake, which you kind of need to look at it from a whole season perspective. Right. Um, you got to kind of plan it out. So right now, Christy, I had him on my drain the lake. I'm like I've got almost everybody in the cut. Uh. So you want to pick people who are going to do well? Yeah. And so basically, once I use these eight anglers, I can't use them the rest of the year. So the people I used on Florida, you know, those two events, those are gone. So now I started with, what, 94 anglers for the year? And now we've used 24 of them. So now we only have 70 for the last six events. So is there – what's the – because I know in like – in the fantasy groups, there's like all these different groups and people are winning prizes. And like, you know, you got a lot of people who are doing marketing through fantasy groups and stuff like that. Is there any, is there is that much activity on the drain the lake side or is it just more for fun? Like there's not as much attention on it. Cause so there's not as many prizes for drain the lake. Right. They do have prizes. Um, it's new. It just started halfway through last year. Um, oh, got it. So it's a, something new. Got it. Okay. That is interesting. So tell me a little bit about – have you fished on Hartwell before? One time for a few hours. Okay. Yes, how, if, how was if, that? If Christy is leading at the end, it would be the third time going on the final day. <clears throat> see if you can close it. 
Is he? Oh, that's right. He's always been like super close, but not one one. Yeah. <clears throat> He's been a bridesmaid a few times, right? Just want to recognize Kyle Skaggs for becoming a YouTube member. Woo! Appreciate that. Awesome. Good job. Thanks, um, Kyle. So back to your question. I just wanted to get that before. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, you yeah, so Hardwell, yeah. One time about 10 years, eight, 10 years ago for Bassmaster Weekend Series, I qualified for a class or a weekend series national championship mm. on Clarks Hill, which is two reservoirs down this system. Right. And uh, they're they're kind of similar. There's some grass in Clarksville, or there was back then. There's no grass in Hartwell. So this so is, what, is it a lot of what's on the screen the... here is very typical of what you see, like rock, clay, docks, like that's Hartwell. So I'm uh, assuming the bass kind of roam around in in kind of wolf packs and chase bait, and or do they kind of like because if there's not that much structure. Um, or well, vegetation, like where, how are they finding fish? Are they just right. running around with the side scan and looking for groups and marking them and coming back? And so, so there's a couple things. Well, one, it's a blueback herring lake. So there's, right. uh, you know, the blueback herring were introduced, you know, by bait or striper or however they got in there uh, mm-hmm. years ago. And uh, so the main lake fish, the lower lake fish are very much bait oriented, right? They chase herring schools all the time. Got it. Uh, but the herring, uh, oh, Windows got one. Window hooked up with one in the back of a pocket. So, like you see in the back, we got some wood right in the back. Right, and so that's like that's common on these lakes because a lot of the 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 stuff from storms and everything just kind of gets shoved into these back corners of these pockets, right? And so you get this big pile of trees in these pocket corners. You see that all the time. Mag draft. (laughs) Is this? Oh yeah, no, he was throwing. Yeah, he's throwing some paddle tail. I've seen several guys look like they're throwing mag drafts. Swindle, Welcher. um, That looked a little too small to be a mag draft. Like a little too narrow. Zaldane was definitely throwing. A oh yeah, no, Zaldane was doing his usual dock skipping mag draft thing. But no, to me, Swindell's throwing like his looks a little too narrow for a mag draft. That could be wrong, but so you know how you like to hammer me on the way I say, Corrado. Yes, it's Swindle, not Swindell. Swin- Wait, Swindle, <laughs> not Swindell. Swindle, like I swindled you. Yeah, Swindle. So I've heard so many. I've heard people in the bass media call him Swindell. Like I've heard people on like radio stuff. Like he's been on radio shows, and you're like Gerald Swindell, Swindle. Okay, thanks for the correct. <laughs> G man, G man is one of the coolest nicknames in fishing, though for sure. I like the G man thing because it's like the whole like government agent. You know, I think Kyle saying that uh, <clears throat> Cobb fished the same pocket yesterday. I don't know how you could tell all the pockets look the same, but word for it, Kyle. <laughs> There's that one stick and that one uh, that one pile of leaves that everyone keyed in on. So the the, the you know the lower lake, you know steeper banks, a little bit cleaner water, <clears throat> deeper water, more herring, more riprap. As you get up the rivers, the arms, then those fish get much more oriented to shad, uh, a little bit shallower. You got more wood. You've got you know more pockets. Things like okay. that. So that's kind of the, the layout. It's a massive, like huge, like swallows up this 56 boat field. Like, oh, yeah. I was looking see, at it. Because you're not seeing a lot of people fishing next to each other. I was looking mm-hmm. at Google Maps. And I'm like, holy crap. There's like so many fingers on this thing that go out everywhere. So my question, too, is depth. Like, like this in this pocket that Gerald is on, like, is some of these docks sitting in 20, 30 foot? Are they in like 10 feet? Like, what's the kind of average depth in some of these like pockets? Yeah. It varies by the part of the lake in the arm, it could be all of the above. Like, okay. You get back in some of these shallow pockets, right? It may only be four, five, six feet on the end of the dock, and you get some of these creeks, it definitely could be 30, 40 feet on the end of that dock for sure. 
I'm assuming a lot of these dock owners put a bunch of crap under their docks for attractants too, right? You definitely can tell the docks that are fishing docks versus like recreation docks. <laughs> they have right? pole. They have pole holders, <laughs> right? The pole holders, the seats on the end of them, the lights. Yeah. You know, those are the ones that are most likely to have, uh, you know, brush piles and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, if I lived on one of these lakes, I would have a freaking Disneyland underneath my dock. <laughs> you know, I would I would have all the brush. I would want all that. All I would, I'd want as many fish hanging around my dock as possible at all times. I have no idea what this means, Jonas. What do you guys think about fly with flam? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, no problem, David. We're glad to do it. Um, I'm assuming the LVS34 is a Garmin graph. Uh, yeah, so I'm, so there's a new Garmin. Okay. This is a good That's topic. The, it's their new, the live scope plus that just came uh, out. Right. So Garmin, what's, this is like, it's like in any industry where electronics are currency, right. And, um, Garmin got out to the market so fast with forward facing sonar that they're now onto their rev B like, you know what I mean? Their second generation of product. Yep. So the new transducer, this is that, well, actually three, cause they have pan optics, then live scope. And now they've got live scope plus. Okay. Yeah. That's fair point. Fair point. Yeah. If you're counting pan optics, which yeah, we probably should. So yeah. So they're pretty much, yeah, you're right. Like third revision now and hummingbird is on their first product. So it's like, it's funny that they're kind of running laps to use like a track, <laughs> a track analogy. They're running laps around the other, uh, yeah. sonar companies, but you know what? They should. Garmin's a $5 million or five, I'm sorry, $5 billion business. Like they're right. the, they're, they're, they're the into aviation guy. and aerospace and yeah, all fitness, kinds of other things. Fitness. They're, 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 they're licensing. They're like the biggest mapping company in the world and they license. So like, you know, they license their mapping tech to pretty much anybody who wants it. So anyway, the point is, uh, Garmin is like the death star versus everyone else. Who's just like a mom and pop shop. I mean, Simrad, the company, there's a, no, what's the Koenigs? There's a company that owns Sinrad that owns Lawrence. They're not, they're, they're not small, but they're not Garmin big. So Garmin's got the biggest war chest as far as like cash goes to R and D and build product. Um, and and then they have the other have, parallel businesses with other technologies that they can leverage much better. <clears throat> yes. They do manufacturing. They make electronics. They have the supply chains to build stuff. They have the shipping and the, the yeah, you're right. The, the pipelines at Garmin are built for this kind of stuff. And, the, you know, in the development uh, uh, budgets they have are probably dwarf. And what's funny is you got Hummingbird. Hummingbird's like the mom and pop. Like, they're still right. small. It's company. actually really impressive that they got the spot lock and the 360 out first. Right. Honestly, yeah. The size of their company is super impressive that they pulled that off. This is, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, they're, they're, they shouldn't be where they're at based on. Like, I'm surprised no one's bought them yet. Like, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't been a target of merger between like Lawrence or Garmin. Garmin probably doesn't need them, but I'm surprised that there's not a point at some time that Lawrence and Hummingbird uh, join forces to fight big evil Garmin because it seems like them two fighting each other for like that second half of the, um, the, the pie, you know, in business that usually isn't a good long-term plan. Right. Um, but the thing is too, is like, I think a lot of us who freshwater fish don't realize um, Simrad's footprint in the salt world, right? Like a lot of Lawrence's tech and uh, market share is in salt, right? Um, yeah. So, which is a much know, bigger game, just for those, you know, we live in our little bass right. world. We're tiny. 
exactly. Here's Kennedy hooking up with a spinning rod, probably throwing a Senko. Yeah, these bat. So what's interesting is like these floating docks. So I got a question for you since you fish these floating docks. Is there anything tethering these floating docks to the bottom? Yeah, there's typically steel poles. Okay. So there's cables going off to the sides. But I mean, down at the end, like if you're fishing it from the front, is there, are you like, my point is if you're throwing around, sometimes there's a few real skinny posts down in the end. Okay. So if you're you're throwing around like, oh, sorry, go ahead. You're not typically fishing that. You're fit. They're kind of suspending underneath it. It looks a good one. So if you're, but my point is if you're throwing an open hooked bait, the likelihood of getting snagged on something that is like part of the dock isn't very high. Unless they have support cables. Okay. Yeah, got it. Which now with forward-facing sonar, you can see that crap under the dock. Right, you can see the cables. And a lot of times you can see those fish sitting on the cables. And I suppose when you, before forward-facing sonar, you're just skipping stuff under there, kind of hoping for the best. We're just going to see if Kennedy goes back to the swim bait because he was definitely throwing the swim bait yesterday. Yep, that's a wacky worm. <clears throat> yeah, he's a big sinker. That's a decent fish. It's only his fourth keeper. So Ooh. Kennedy was second yesterday, right? <clears throat> and so he doesn't even have a limit yet. So him finishing out his limit is going to push him way back up. I don't think Garmin is related to Raytheon. I'm not sure. <clears throat> Brother says it's Brunwick, Navico, Lorance. I don't think that's accurate, but I have to look that up. These ownership groups and companies are changing all the time. It, it was a big deal. So I know some people that worked at Lorance when Simrad bought them. And that was like such a big disruptor inside that company. Like a lot of people left. There was a lot of attrition because they didn't like um, how Simrad kind of came in and uh, changed a lot of their internal business stuff um so yeah i mean if i was to predict the future like if i had a glass uh you know crystal ball which which i don't which would be great if i did um i would say at some point hummingbird and lawrence need to like figure something out to go after garmin garmin's just going to keep running circles around them i don't you know what i mean but i don't know yeah, I mean, the only way to defend that is if they can truly patent something that they can protect, right? <clears throat> right, because there's no, there's no really like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, because like the crystals and the 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 actual like hardware for forward facing sonar is not made by any of them. They're all buying it from this one company called Blue. God, I forgot the name of the company that actually makes the transducers. They're all licensing it um, uh, and and buying the the hardware from a supplier and then they're so, they're doing the code and software around it to their finders. So like all the R and D lift for these sonar companies is making a product out of the hardware, not making the hardware product productizing. They call right. it. He could be throwing a 13 <clears throat> wedge tail shad, mm-hmm. but it sure looked like a mega bass. Um, Somebody, somebody's got to have a mag draft. Someone's got to have a, a, a high res pick. I mean, those photographers are out there on the water. I'm sure someone's got a high res photo of all these baits out there. So you could probably look at the bait gallery. <clears throat> yeah. Kennedy might have just caught his fifth fish during the commercial here. Oh, yeah. It's, look, it's a little guy, though. Yeah. But, yeah. What's the. Okay. So is it 14 inch for the minimum? I don't know if it's 12 or 14. I mean, it doesn't really matter because 12 inches will do you no good. But. Right. Hey, I, okay. So here's a good question. Since I don't know what what's like a good is Hartwell got like seven eight plus fish like what's a big fish on Hartwell? I mean, an eight nine pounder would be a freak out here. They exist, but but four a five to a six pounder is like 
a likely kicker. <clears throat> We're seeing okay. six pounders, Scott. If somebody catches a seven, that's probably going to be big bass of the tournament. They did have a team championship a couple years ago where somebody caught a nine in the fall. <clears throat> so, I mean, really? you could get fish approaching 10 pounds, but likely yeah. the big fish of the tournament is going to be high six, low seven. So, is what was the big fish yesterday? Do you know? Six, six something. Okay. So, six uh, pounders are are likely so okay question where is this lake in this in the cycle is it is it pre-spawn post-spawn like mostly pre-spawn but there are a few bass early bass starting to show up on beds like just like super early ones so it's probably like 98 percent pre-spawn right now okay so males might be pulling up and setting up shop okay so there is a chance thing is like up in the top of the lake, things are much more advanced than they are in the lower lake. So warmer. if you go way up those rivers, you might start to get closer and closer. Did Cox do one of his long runs into some random ass part of the lake? That's Cox was so way up river. They said that he was almost in North Carolina. That's what I love about Cox. He like goes into the most random, weird, long like path. Like he just he goes to the weirdest shit and like and he finds it. I'm guessing he wants to find that one little pocket that's got two degree warmer water <clears throat> you know what i mean just one little difference kennedy weighed a six pound seven ounce yesterday that's a big fish yeah six seven yeah because i don't know i was watching the footage yesterday and people were freaking out over like a three four pounder or even like i don't know gerald caught a five pounder and he was losing his mind so i was like yeah. okay so that must be a, a, a anything over four pound it's a really good fish out here okay so so a 20 pound bag is like a Juicy bag on this lake. Yeah, so yesterday, New had what twenty pounds one ounce. To yeah, he was just over twenty. Twenty pounds even actually. <clears throat> there you go. Okay. But I think top end bag realistically is 22, 23. Like if somebody gets anything bigger than that, that's a real freak show. Interesting. 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 Yeah. So News got a whole live wall full of two pounders right now. Yeah. Oh, so News even got a lot of room to upgrade. Yeah. Oh, geez, I didn't even notice. He's only got a 10-pound bag. So he could really – he could claim number one in the next two hours if he gets a decent – Just one bite. Bag. Right. Yeah, Man, that's got to be pressure. You know you got two hours left of the tournament, and all you need is, like, one three-pounder to put you back in the first place. Like, talk about pressure. <laughs> so – I. I got to tell you this. I, I was thinking last night, I'm going, what is the difference really with the classic versus any other tournament? Because it's really not, it's not harder, right? Cause it's, it's, it's not like more difficult cause the format's the same and there's less people in the tournament. So theoretically it should be easier, right? It's, hard, it's the hardest one to qualify for. I guess that's the, <clears throat> the main differentiation. And, and there's another thing too, that I was thinking about number one. Yes. It's, it's harder to get into. So it's like exclusive, right? So the exclusivity is what makes it difficult. But number two to me is the distractions, right? To me, like there's this mental aspect of it, of all of the pressure and distractions going into it, right? Because you got to make all these sponsors happy. You got to do media events. You got to go to this fancy dinner and look nice. And I'm just saying like, to me, there's like all these outside um, factors into it where, uh, you know, you know, you know, you're going to have attention. Everyone's going to be watching. It's like the one time where casuals like really pay attention. Because I think like most other tournaments, people just kind of watch if they have time. Where this one, people actually like go out of their way to watch. So I think to me, there's that like pressure 
factor on the classic that makes probably makes it a lot harder. Right. And then it's the, right. You got the big stage, you've got the bigger audience. It's, you know, the biggest, I mean, it used to be 500, but I think it's only like 300,000 to win, which is still an S ton of money for fishing. Oh yeah. The Um, payout's big, but it's the prestige and all the, like, once you're a Bassmaster classic champ, you're always referred to as right. a classic champ, right? Yeah, I, I, I would argue that the prestige is starting to wear off a little bit in but today's it's age. Still pretty important. Like it's you important. still get like the, the number of speaking engagements and that right. kind of stuff uh, that goes much beyond the 300. If you can market it correctly, you can leverage it to much more than the 300,000. At one well, time, Ray Scott said, a classic win was worth a million dollars over the lifetime of an angler. Oh, that was before YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> well, but if you are, a, if you're Scott Martin, it'll easily be worth more than an extra million. Right. That's a good point. I think Hake Cherry is a great example of someone not turning their classic win into a major media full court press. And like Hank Cherry has won two in a row and he's basically like vanished off the internet. Like I'm just saying like you have to really look hard to find anything about him outside of when he's fishing uh on the elites uh to me it's like i think hank cherry uh is the great example of maybe winning a classic isn't doesn't move the needle that much as far as like your status cliff pace is even a better example of that but i will give a little bit of pass to cherry his first one came literally the day before covid so that didn't help him at all but yeah, that's true. But like you know, usually, but a lot of the 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 Bassmaster Classic, right? It's you going to boat shows. It's you going to like big groups and events and right. doing like speaking engagements and getting you know. Whereas before, if you were just a tour angler, maybe you got two grand to speak at a, a you know a you know Bass right. U or a a boat show, and now you charge ten grand to show up for a day. Well, he had a whole year where right. he couldn't do that. So I also, but yeah, something else to consider too is a uh, is. Uh, there's people out there who have zero credentials, like have not won a single tournament. have never, you know, won anything on a big stage at a high level of competition and they get more, po- you know, press publicity. More. Like, I mean, you're talking about I'll, yourself? No, I'll give you a great example. Zelda. No, no, I'm trying to keep this in the, in the, <laughs> I have none, but I'm trying to keep this in the, like, for instance, I heard more, I saw more reaction in, in, and discussion around Zaldane leaving one company and going to another than I saw about anything about Hank Cherry. You know what I'm saying? Like people have won things get less pub than like, you know, people who haven't, I mean, Zaldane's not won anything per se. Um, but he Wendell, was the talk of the town. Wendell's never won a elite series tournament. He's won a couple AOIs, which is a big deal, but yeah. Right, like, right. Yeah. But my branding point is- and marketing and personality goes a long ways in this sport. Yeah, I guess my my analogy is that like um, people sometimes don't care about the credentials, right? Like I don't think most people companies might care, but I think most of the general public don't don't really care too much if someone wins a Bassmaster Classic at like you know about an hour after it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know, but people sure cared when someone left one company and went to another. I've never I've never seen so many posts and discussion and whining and and you know reaction uh you know for for basically someone who hasn't done much on the water as far as like you know big <laughs> but if if he would have left megabass and went to strike king it wouldn't have been near the story that's a oh, that's a good take i never thought about that look at you with the hot takes <laughs> well it's actually taylor's take but 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm of not much going on. I mean, you've got uh, this small niche, passionate mega bass, right. and then you've got this like other half. Yeah, you got the you got the scrappy uh, you got the scrappy uh, YouTube upstarters just scooping or or yeah, it is funny. It's like um, the whole thing was pretty entertaining. I from what I heard, um, from okay, so I. On Instagram, I've had some people message me and I had a guy message me. I'm not going to say who he was, but a guy messaged me who's friends with like executives at 13, like people who are high up at 13. And they said that they they had they had been courting Zeldane a while ago. And um, Zeldane was basically running out his mega bass contract and was excited to get the heck out of there. Like apparently uh, he wasn't happy. Um, now, this I heard this. I've heard the second hand. So who knows? But apparently he wasn't happy. Apparently, like, he got zero input on any product stuff. He wanted to make changes to Bates. He wanted to come out with his own stuff. Notice he never had any colors come out. He never had any, you know, they slapped his name on rods that he had literally no input on. They just put his signature. And I don't even think it's his actual signature. Um, So anyway, the point is he was basically, like, you know, used in marketing but didn't have any direction in the company um, and kind of wanted out to where – he went to a company where they listened to him, which I totally get. I think it's, I'd probably do the same thing. Right. Um, but anyway, the, the drama seems pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah. Well, 13, man, they've opened up their marketing budget. They've scooped up what they scooped up. Uh, Swindle last year, Walter, Walter jumped to 13. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So Welcher was making his own rods. Um, Walter was like a guy who I don't buy rods. I build them. So he was a, he's like the custom rod guy. He never had a rod sponsor. So it's interesting. He went to one. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. But they did use his bait in the marketing. So cherry was like, Oh wait, I lost your audio. I forgot to unmute myself while I was eating. There you go. I was like, he's talking, but I can't hear him. Uh, I don't think it was mega bass. Wouldn't sponsor cherry. Cherry was already with Berkeley. And he always said it was like a prototype and like he was very elusive, even right. though we all knew it was a 110, he wouldn't talk about what the bait was. Yeah. And what was funny is Megabest like dropped the smart people that Megabest marketing like quickly posted pictures of that exact jerk bait he was using. They were like the, the, the secret prototype lure. And it was like an off the shelf, uh, 110 plus one that, you know, a, a common color you can get, you know, at Cabela's. Now, Hank Cherry did not. Hank Cherry did. Okay. Um, the guy who, the, I've actually talked to the guy who designed the stunner. He's from, is he from Minnesota, Wisconsin? This guy named Kyle. I've talked to him. Uh, no, Hank Cherry didn't have any design into the stunner. The, the, Berkeley has bait designers that do all this stuff. And then the pros just come in, work them in the tank, give some thoughts, opinions, and then they, they leave. Like, I think people really overestimate what, input pros have into like bait engineering or bait design uh berkeley i mean these companies pay people to do that like legit engineers right like, like people who's got a call going here oh yeah back to the it's, fishing it's interesting is new yesterday pretty much fished offshore all day like right. swim baits jerk baits spinning rods <clears throat> and with the cloud cover today he was instantly on the docks this morning and i don't know if he just wasn't seeing the bait or the herring on his you know, on his live scope or whatever he's 
his graphs. Oh, right. Ooh, Christie's swinging the hook with the bank caster. <laughs> Not a big one, but that's this is where it's dangerous, right? Because now he's cracking him. He's he's got a solid limit that he caught early, like on swim baits and spinning rods, right? Right. And now he's moved to a jig and a bait caster, and that's that's probably a cull, right? That's probably going to move him up a little bit. So but one of these I, times, it could be a four to six pounder, and it's going to really open things up. That's actually I, a spot, it looks like. <clears throat> I see he's on the shady side of the dock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's always, whenever I'm dock fishing, I'm like, well, I always, you know, you got to always think about, like, what side of the shade the dock is on. It looked like he caught that one right under the shade spot. It's interesting. Other people are catching them on swim baits, and they got a little bit of window. I'm kind of surprised Kennedy hasn't re-picked up the swim bait. So with the sun coming out, um, that's going to heat up that shallow bite. I mean, they should be going up shallower, right? Like just sure. it'll, or it'll position them, right? Okay, or, he's it may not have been shallow, but they might have just been roaming, and now it should put them around docks or trees or something where that they're more predictable, right? But maybe he's not picking up the swim bait because he's getting some good bites on his his senko right now because. Because he's walking it around the boat again, like that last one. So that watercolor is looks so good. Like, that's the kind of watercolor I like. With the wacky rig worm, I saw it. <clears throat> yep. Because yep. there's a lot of dirty water on this lake. Because I saw like some of the guys. Oh, he, just, he swung it. It's not that good. He looks like oh, he's using a water. It looks like a watermelon kind of color, right? It's a little brighter. It looks there's, a little. There's a there's a the guy there's a guy that Gary he's talking about a guy I don't remember his name. He's been on podcasts and things like that. It, He's oh, like Berkeley. the head of bait design at Berkeley. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I have to look it up. I, I don't I know how much he he leads the team. I don't know if he actually like designs the baits, but yeah, he's like um, he's like a uh, he's like a CAD guy because like you know bait engineers they have to be he's on not the like field. a tournament guy. He's he just works for Berkeley. Like I mean, he, yeah. he fishes, but he's not like a big tournament angler or anything like that. Uh, Balin, I'm pretty sure when I it. You know, I didn't get a great look at Kennedy this morning, but it looked like he was throwing that old BPS swimmer that he loves so much that he bought 500 of them from a discount bin at Bass Pro Shops 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you and me, Mo Taylor. <clears throat> Save it this afternoon. Oh, you guys talking about your fantasy teams? So Christy's up around the docks throwing a jig around. Now, what do you think he's throwing like a half ounce? Uh, I'm not sure. He does like to throw baits a little heavier. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure it's like a three-eighths or a half. Well, the heavier ones skip a little easier. Yeah. Rapala owns, I forget. They, they own they own a percentage. They're not they own like I forget. It's there's something weird. They have they own a certain percentage of it and they they're like the distribution arm internationally for 13. Something like that. I don't yeah, know. they they own 49% stake in 13 fishing. So they don't have controlling stake. But they, they have a, a really big play in the international part of it or something. Chris says it's a half-ounce War Eagle jig. <clears throat> yeah, that looks... I don't know if that's true or not, but... Is War Eagle one of his sponsors? Um, I don't know if it is or not. Because does he, he doesn't throw War Eagle... He's a spinnerbait guy, but he he's doesn't a throw War Eagle. guy. So I would assume yeah. there'd be a Booyah jig, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Dude, they all, all the jigs are all look the same. Um, After day one... Uh, I was really close, but I didn't catch him very well day two. So the three guys fishing this tournament, because I fished the national championship uh, in November from the Watchtower River. So Maddie Wong won it. Uh, Tyler Smith was second. 
from Washington. And then uh, Jared Miller from Oklahoma, he finished third. Um, <clears throat> I was ahead of all those guys after day one, but I didn't catch them day two. So that's my fault. But those are the, and Jared Miller was, was the guy that was fishing that culvert yesterday uh, where he jumped out to like 15 pounds pretty quick and was leading. I think he basically burned that culvert down uh, yesterday because he got an early boat draw. And I think uh, he didn't, you know, he's going fishing something else today. My my casual side goes. It looks like there's a lot of junk fishing going on. Like, but I think of... I ended up 11th in that tournament, and they took the top three. So oh, that's really well, no, Chris. Uh, okay, War Eagle is now a Pradco brand, I guess. There you go. So it's he's it's he's okay to throw a War Eagle jig if he wants to. But he does throw booyah because he's got his covert line for spinnerbaits, so he doesn't. I'm undefeated in the Tuesday night league, Chris. Um, yeah, Dustin, the only, re- the only place I saw it was on the Minnesota TBF page posting some things because, uh, Scott Bonham, took like third or fourth and he made the all America, but yeah, I didn't see much either. Dustin. Can you make that full screen? Like the video? There we yeah. go. <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm, I'm watching your screen instead of my screen. <laughs> it's tough Taylor. Like honestly, um, a couple like last week. Uh, Pangrack on BTL had all three of those guys on <laughs> uh, BTL, right? And I was hanging out with all those guys and fishing against all those guys. And they were talking about the bus ride when we were all, we, we were like the 11 guys or 12 or 14 guys. And three of us were going to the classic on the last day. And uh, yeah, that does kind of like, oof, that was tough. <laughs> Mixed emotions, rooting for those guys. But at the same time, it's like, Rich, you were so close and you didn't close it. So Ooh, look at Gerald is in the marina. Yeah. That looks yeah. fun. I love fishing marinas. He's swinging that swim bait. Looks oh like God. an egg draft as well, dude. That looks. I haven't. That looks so much fun. I love those big. We don't get those big giant marinas like that around here in Minnesota. With those uh, big deck boat or with those big houseboats, those are all houseboats. On the river, you see those big houseboats, like in those marinas, like yep. on the Croix, but not not in lakes. Yeah. So Taylor said he fished Hartwell in 2019. I think uh, <clears throat> Tyler West, who's also in this classic, was in that same one. He he fished that and qualified for the Gunnersville Classic in that tournament. Taylor, I think that is the one that Caleb Summerall won, and he made the elites that way. What's up, Kyle? So, so who else qualified for the classic through the federation? Is it just? It's not just Maddie Wong, right? No, it's Maddie Wong, Jared Miller, and uh, Tyler. S- west are any of them in in cut zone we can take a live look i was looking you know those guys better than i do jared was up there yesterday jared miller yeah he's in yeah he's way down there now he's only got three fish right now he's kind of down there so austin not catching him so great today he's only got eight pounds he had a really good day yesterday oh yeah mr felix yeah there's miller right he had 15 pounds yesterday 16 pounds only three Couple decent ones. Yeah, he's he's in rough shape right now though. It's only two let's hours. See, let's, let's see. He is at twenty-two. And the cut line is twenty-five, yeah. Twenty-five. So really, I mean he gets two two pounders, he's like up, right? I mean, he just needs to fill his limit. Yeah, there's a lot of people who could squeeze into the cut at the last minute. Wong had a really tough day yesterday. Um he had he's basically 
doubled that. He had eight pounds yesterday. He's got eight something today. Keith Tuma, Minnesota guy, won a Florida Open. He only had like three fish yesterday. Looks like he's got a limit today, but a very small limit. Fighter is um, way down there. That's not having a great tournament. Mm-mm. Where's Tyler West? He's uh, I saw him. Do it the old-fashioned way. Search. I thought it was West. Is it Smith? I think it's, it's Smith. It's not West. There it is. He's in the cut. Yeah. So he currently. So yesterday he had thirteen pounds. Yesterday he's got fourteen today. So he's going to be close. Like that's. I would guess the cut line is going to be closer to 28, 29 pounds, somewhere in there. Maybe even approaching 30 by the day. That, maybe not. I, I would say 28 to 29. He he could squeeze, He could stay in there. I mean, his bag looks pretty good. 14 pounds seems. I keep saying West because he's from the West Coast, but it's Smith. <laughs> Give him a nickname. Zeldane's in the cut so far. What's funny is um, from cut to first place is – Seven, eight, nine, ten, only three pounds. Yeah, it's tight. So it's pretty, pretty wide open. Like field. anybody catches a five pounder, they're like up there. Um, oh yeah, big bite is like a, a earth shaker, and and this and today. So Swindle was another guy. Yesterday he like new fished offshore all day. He's throwing a jerk bait, right? right? Or was this morning he was throwing a jerk? Was he throwing, he was he was throwing, throwing jerk baits and swim baits and then crank baits yesterday? But today he's fished a lot more docks. Right. And yesterday on live, he kept on talking about like, you know, uh, not going to, because he, I think in classics past, he's always fished docks so much at Hartwell. What's up, fishing with Gramps? Yeah, Gerald's a good dock fisherman, that's for sure. He's in the house. Uh, it's the top 25, I believe, that make the cut. 24 or 25. Just, just less oh. than you have it. Do you know you have it in channel subscriber only mode? Can make comments on yours. I do. Okay, you did that on purpose. So subscribe if you want to comment. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a look into his uh, jig trailer box. Well, if people want to slide in comments, they can jump over to mine because I. If don't you're not willing to subscribe, you can go to, to Brian's yeah. channel. Yeah, if you don't want to subscribe, go to my YouTube feed and you can comment all you want. And slide it in there. Yeah, and the thing is, um, there's several. I mean, some of these guys are notorious sandbaggers, so it's it you know won't be out of you know they could easily add two pounds to their bass track when they weigh in just because they lowballed every fish by half a pound. There goes Christy in a back pocket there. Yeah, so he's definitely looking for you know he's not looking for numbers anymore. He's definitely looking for the right bite. So this is two docks back there and some wood. See, I, th- I think there's like YouTube's recommendation system is so good, people don't realize they're not subscribed to your channel. So, well, there you go. So Taylor said he didn't even realize it, so now he's subscribed. Plus, I was like eight away from seven thousand when we started the stream. So, oh, so like, here. So this is funny. I had two different browsers, so I'm I'm subscribed to you on one of my browsers, and then the other one is a work account with like sure. a work gmail account and that's when i had opened up and apparently i was not subscribed all right well thanks for checking in hope you made your lunch break good john and uh have a good afternoon you can unsubscribe as long as you keep your membership jay (laughs) all right we don't want to see the talking heads let's uh the expo so um 
I was doing a lot of digging on the expo stuff. So like, I did not watch your reaction video. What, what, are, what are some of the hot takes from uh, um, the new stuff at the Classic? What, do you, what, do you, what were you most interested or what do you think was most interesting from like the, the expo, right? So there's, that's right. the other thing that makes the Classic cool we talked about earlier, right? Is that you basically have a mini iCast for bass fishing attached to the Classic and there's new product launches. And you did a kind of a reaction yesterday to some of that stuff. Yeah, I, a couple of thoughts. Number one is I, there's way more stuff than I thought there was going to be. I thought because of like because of COVID and a lot of companies, um, uh, you know, having a hard time getting product out. Um, I, I was surprised there's as much stuff as there was. I thought it'd be a lot less. Uh, I think the big stories are Shimano came out. I mean, here's the thing: Shimano and Daiwa they're Japanese-based companies. They've already shown off all their new stuff in Japan, so everything was widely known. Like all of the hardcore Shimano and Daiwa fans were watching all of the Japan releases like two, three weeks ago. So we saw everything like, right. Um, but then what's funny is Daiwa USA and Shimano USA, they have to pretend like these are all new releases and new launches. Like, it's so funny. Cause they go like, Hey, we're, we got new stuff coming out. Everyone's like, yeah, we already saw that shit three days or three weeks ago. Um, so they have like their marketing teams have this weird battle where they have to like act like it's new releases. Anyway, point is Shimano, like, burn the house down they have so much new stuff new reels across all price points new spinning new casting complete relaunches of a big rod series of theirs like the x pride they also came out with some really cool travel rods they're expanding their hard baits so they're shimano's going hard in the paint with hard baits um and so they got a crank they got a couple different crankbaits coming out their jerk baits finally getting widely released um oh you got a question <laughs> so that's great. They're launching all this stuff. Are they actually going to be able to get it to the retailer so we can buy it? Who knows? I, I know that, that'd be my knock, right? It's like we right. most people love Shimano stuff. But it's like they're coming all this new stuff. It's like, well, you, you barely kept the stuff you already had in stock. Are you, what are we going to do with the new stuff? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, oh, my dad just said hi. Hi, Brian. Watch you on my lunch. That's my dad. <laughs> he's a, he's a pretty good bass fisherman in his own right. He's the one who got me into it. So. Uh, just so I understand, is that comment on your channel? I don't know. I think it is. I think it so is. We are getting both comments in a stream yard, it looks like. Yeah, it's probably on mine. So okay. thanks, Pops. That's Love cool you. that it integrates like that. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm seeing comments on mine showing up in the same thing. So it's just pooling them all together, which is, that's sweet. But anyway, um, yeah, so Shimano's got a whole bunch of cool stuff. You are absolutely right. When you'll actually be able to buy it and hold it in your hands, who knows? um daiwa came out with their new seven now an 850 rod so the rod so the exists price went up now it's 860 dollars for an exist which is like whoo that's if you're you know but the exists you gotta remember too exists are kind of targeted for salt um they're for those like people who fish redfish um snook um striper fishing it's it's for bigger fish than freshwater bass um so you know that's the kind of the true market for those really like really high-end spinning reels um there's some bait stuff was cool uh you know nothing new to nothing really innovative like there's some new chatterbait trailers there's some new chunks there's some new worms brian latimer do you follow him not closely okay so blat is like a really hardcore shaky head guy and he has his own shaky head and worm coming out for Z-Man. So he put together like his own shaky head system, bait plus heads. And they actually look all right. So I, if you're a Z-Man fan, that's their big like new thing this year is this new Brian Latimer design worm plus um, head combo. So if you're sh if you're into shaky heads, which I love shaky head fishing, um, 
that that was kind of the one thing I was like, oh, okay, that's something I might actually like buy right away. Like I would probably order a pack and a couple of heads to give it a whirl. But like um, Garmin, they you know that what's funny is n- almost no boat stuff outside of Garmin's transducer. Like there's no trolling motor stuff. Teach me. Well, really still have power pole trolling motor. N- still vaporware. <laughs> So the boat industry didn't have too much to show off at the classic. Um, I'd say if you're going to like rank them all, Shimano had the best new stuff. Like Shimano had, they, they won. Like they, they so where's had, the best place to see this stuff. Um, Tackle Warehouse has all of the classic stuff on their front page right now. So you can go the easiest place to see it all at once. Go to Tackle Warehouse. They, they, you can pre-order a lot of, right here. Boom. Now you just scroll down. You don't have to actually click on any of the logos. If you just scroll, you'll see. Um, yeah, so 13's got a bunch of new l- budget stuff. Uh, I would say then, this is definitely not what Gerald Swindle's throwing. <laughs> no. uh, Abu Garcia, they're really going all in on this high-end line called Xenon. Xenon. So they came out with Xenon rods. Now they, they're expanding. A, they have a Xenon spinning reel that's almost $400. Now so Z- Abu's like doing this whole like launch of this high-end. Um, so fun fact, the G. Loomis product designer who worked on the nrx's like the real like the original nrx's abu poached that guy so the guy who's d- did all the nrx r&d is now working on that xenon line for abu and pure fishing so i don't know just fun facts uh so yeah there's dial with their new exist and they, they released some 70 size bait casters which they didn't really have in the um tattoo line so if you're into small bait casters dial has got those you can talk about the Dobbins. I'm going to let you talk about that. because yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I would be kind of interested in these 70 and 80 Tatula reels. I'm a yeah, fan. they have an SV spool version. So if Never heard of Defiant. Uh, Dobbins is releasing their Maverick series reels and rods. Uh, $100 price point for both. <clears throat> I have not touched either one of them. Um, but, you know, this price point comes in between the Fury and the Colt. I believe the Colt is going away, but I'm not 100% certain. So this is going to replace the Colt, I think. Is the Colt and, not uh, a hot seller? Or... I guess, and I know nothing about their reels. I, I feel pretty confident the rods are going to be what you'd expect. They're going to be right between the Fury and the the Colt. They're going to be balanced. They're going to have similar actions. Um, they're going to be black and blue. So they're going to look sweet with a Shimano SLX, right? If you're looking for a $200 combo. There you go. Um, it'd be interesting to see because... I know nothing about the reel, so this is all speculation. But Gary's never been one to just put his label on something. Now, I mean, well, he's still he's using not developing these reels. So th- these reels—that's the thing—is like so sort of interesting because right, yeah. his mo- he's never just like bought generic blanks. His blanks have always been. Now he doesn't make the blanks, but he has them specked out very specific for Dobbins rods, right? Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with reels because that's a whole other ball game. Yeah, if you click those reels, the press photos are pretty terrible. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming he'll update these later on. Uh, they look to me like pretty like Chineseium reels that they're just rebranding, which is often the it case. It looks like they have a uh, a black, green, and red version. That's yeah, that's they stole that from Daiwa with the different gear ratios, different colors. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know anything about them. They're 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 likely Chineseium rebranded reels. I'm guessing they're testing this to see how it goes. Um, that's usually what these companies do. They you know like duck it. They they kind of just white label put their name on it, see if people buy them, see how it goes. Kind of a test of the market. Hey, Gar- Gramps, you are not alone. A lot of people who bought the 
Garmin transducer over like Christmas, like in the winter are not happy that they came out with this new one in the spring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause a lot of people buy these things in the off season with the anticipation to using them in the spring. But to be granted, most of those you probably bought at a deep discount cause they've been marking them down for about six months. So fair point. Yeah. Uh, Geek Crack just came out with colors. Jackal. So a lot of these baits, like uh, there's a lot of these baits in this Jackal thing that were have been Japanese baits for a long time. They're bringing over to the U.S. Like that skull shell lipless that's been out in Japan for years. So it's not anything really new. They're just bringing JDM new colors. New is this yeah. just a new color? Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's two new colors with the re-range. Uh, actually, Omnia. Here's a plug. Omnia has those in stock now. They just posted them. So if you want to grab that burgundy or that um, that chartreuse jerkbait omnia's got them and hbf m march 15 will work on jackal <laughs> unlike mega bass there you go Wait, that looks like i might have to grab that one that, that looks, that looks like a sweet one click it that looks good like blow that up that looks like they have a nice picture of that one that looks pretty sweet the chartreuse but yeah you can go get those now um but here's the fun part jackal if you guys don't know jackal does not have a big production line like they can't make a ton of baits and so when they put a bunch of baits out in a certain color you kind of got to grab them because if they're sold out you might not see them again for maybe like a year because they don't just keep making the same bait over and over they make big batches of them they move on to the next one make a big batch move on to the next one so jackal's weird like if you like a certain color and a certain bait of jackal buy like two or three of them because you don't know when they're going to come back out. Just fun fact. Um, Scottsboro's not new. They're just co-branding with. Those uh, look like Optum baits or whatever. They're, they're, these are kind of like the Yum Scottsboro merger. I oh, think. yeah, that's right. So here's all. I mean, Shimano's got tons of stuff. They redid their Tranks. Or no, they redid their. They, they came out with the Tranks 150 that people weren't really asking for. Um, they got the new version of the Bantam, which has basically a different finish and a new spool. Um the new Stella. There's a lot of tech in the new Stella. There's a lot of cool little things that they did with the Stella um, that that other spinning reels haven't done yet. So I think Stella is going to kind of set some new standards for the market and people are going to start copycatting that thing. Um, the new XPRIZE. Oh, here's a fun fact. You know who has XPRIZE right now? Shields. Like if you go down to Eden Prairie Shields, they have the new XPRIZE on the rack. Nobody else can get them. Shimano is like really known for tailoring to the big box stores first so they give their product to like the cabela's the academies the shields they get all the stuff first and then they go to the like the the mom and pop shops and like the omnias and the the jackal have their bling back they've been teasing that it's coming back but who knows when it's actually coming out i know a lot of people are waiting for that thing yeah supposedly the bling 55 will make a return this summer who knows when Oh, look at, hey, I want your opinion on that new owner hook. Go back up. Click that, the haymaker. What yes, do you think yes. of this? You're a terminal. I mean, I like that it's open gap and it's not like the point's not in line there, but the fact it's, that it's at an open angle makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I don't think I want to be on the leading edge of trying it. I'll, I'll see what other people think first. So my thought on that thing was you better run a really thick plastic because as soon as that point comes out a little bit, it's going to start grabbing everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Hank Cherry threw out uh, chick. Those uh, those uh, Picasso Hank Cherry um, buzz baits look nice. Um, they built the the lead so it can hold the plastic really well, like a plastic frog. Excellent's got some new colors. Oh, they finally came out with a half green pumpkin, half blue, like the Superbug. Ooh. Finally, that, that's that's about time. Game changer. 
<laughs> we got a black half half green pumpkin. Well, here's those shaky heads right there. Yeah, That's so a, is that so that people, shake my head, shaky, shake exactly. my shake my shaking head. my head worms. Ugh. Yeah, so that's the new Actually, head. I love the naming worm. strategy, but yeah, Z Man kind of lets these guys call. Well, uh, B Lat is the guy who called their black plastics yoga pants. So they have flat black, and the color code is yoga pants. So if that tells you anything about Blat's uh, naming proudness. Oh, hey, Dustin's got a good comment. John Cox held up the new Berkeley slobber knocker yeah. yesterday. I saw that yesterday. So yeah, Berkeley's got a chatterbait coming out. It was Which hard to because they have the yeah. thunder cricket already in that company, right? Like, why would they have something that competes with the thunder? Oh, who caught something? That was earlier today. Oh, replays? Okay. Welcher. But, uh, yeah. I, I, it was hard to tell whether it looked any different. I never got a great look at it. It looks like Welcher is also throwing a mag draft. Um, so, yeah. He said it came through cover better, but I don't know. I really didn't see much of it. It was hard. He didn't, like, hold it up where we could really see it to see if it wasn't a jackhammer or a Z-man. Well, if Berkeley's good at one thing, it's knocking off everybody else's bait. So, I'm sure it would be a great clone. It, it didn't look like there was anything unique about it. It still looked like a Z-man style chatterbait as far as, like, the head connection. Right. So, unless they did some licensing thing, I don't know how or if that, unless that patent has expired or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? How they could do that, so I guess we'll, we'll more to come on that. Uh, looks like we got that's not Dodger Max. I don't know. Uh, he's looking at a new trolling motor for his new his 20 footer. Do you have an opinion, Ghost Ultrax? Or I've Force? only I've only used an Ultrax, so it's hard for me to give an opinion on the Garmin or the Ghost. Although I, I will tell you that I know a guy you and I both know Taylor, uh, um, Taylor, uh, Spragle. He he. The, the the ghosts are pretty durable. Like they haven't, he does Lawrence um, warranty work and he's like, they're, you can beat up on the ghosts pretty good. They're, they're, they're pretty well engineered. Um, the brushless, you know, they're more efficient on power. They're, they're quieter. So if I was going to look at a new trolling motor, I probably would consider a ghost or an Altrex, whatever I could get a better deal on. I don't know. I like, do you like your Altrex? I don't mind mine. Yeah. The only downside to the Altrex in my opinion, is uh, the the cool things about the neutral motors is they're brushless, so they're quieter. Yep. Uh, and more, more the power. other thing is that they they go twenty four to thirty six volt. So if you're running a three battery system and you have one battery die on you, it'll still point. run on two, which is a nice feature if you're a right. tournament guy for sure. Like if you have that kind of like peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of like like if you're going to run hummingbirds, I feel like having the integrated uh, producer yep. producer is a really nice benefit. True. And that goes with any of them. Um, as far, but that's just for like sonar and like down imaging. Right. Uh, to me, side imaging is a non-factor on the front. Um, me too. I don't use it. And 360, you can't integrate into the trolling motor. Um, and then live scope has you know no bearing on integrating into the. Um, so really, it's those are the things to consider. Right. I would go with uh, what you can get a deal on. I won't say that my my Altrex. They show wear real fast. Like your Altrex looks real great for the first like three months. And then once you start using it and beating on it, it, it gets pretty like <laughs> my, my Altrex looks like it's been through some crap. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I kind of wonder how the uh, Garmin's and the ghosts kind of like handle. And I've kind of heard mixed stories on Garmin versus Lowrance. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Some people say they're awesome. Some people say they're buggy. 
I mean, if you want something that's just going to work, the Ultrex, I think, is like the way to go. Right. It's proven, right? Like cool. the technology is proven. Now, if you get a good one and they work, the neutral motors seem really nice. I, uh, yeah, I guess it's like whatever you can get a deal on, man. I was pretty impressed how many, like, it was weird seeing two things, right? Like Hackney and Christie using spinning rods a ton this tournament. <laughs> yeah, Hackney was making a joke about how he was like, you know, using spinning rods. Oh, one thing. Let's not rem- let's not forget that getting parts for anything Minkota is so easy. Like if you're randomly somewhere and you need like a prop or a part, almost everywhere has Minkota parts. Like finding ghost parts or garment parts might be more difficult. So there is something to be said for like accessibility of repairs. Do you know what I mean? Especially you travel a lot. Man, that water looks good. I love clean water. I'm a clear water guy. Because I fish a lot over in Wisconsin. I agree. I think Christy's got more weight than he says he does also. Oh, using a red crank. Christy's bass track is light, I think. So Stetson, Stetson, he's a, is he, what crank is he guy? He's a booyah guy. Yeah. I looked like you know, a nice uh, yeah, Booyah, Norman Pratko. I mean, all those. I know he likes yeah. that Norman crankbait, but I don't. It looked like he was throwing a red craw mid, like a mid diver. Yoga Pants is a great name. Yeah, Thunder Cricket is a striking, but they do pay Z Man for the licensing on that. Right. Dustin says that hook is supposed to be a straight shank and an EWG hybrid. Makes sense. Um, Who's yeah, asking for that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Greenfish is supposed to have the bad little dude, which is Brian News jig. Ooh, I want to look that up. Bad little dude. I don't know. I didn't see it on the tech warehouse. It's like the yeah, BLD. They're... I don't know if they call it the BLD or the bad little dude. Uh... Okay, here. Look at look at it's on tackle warehouse. It looks you're a jig man. You're a jig maker or a jig seller. You should look at this thing. It's a little. It's an archy head, but it looks like it's got a sh- short hook. Yeah. Wow the uh, the line. Did you tie... see how quickly he threw that crankbait in the water? That's definitely not a Pradco crankbait. Oh, he doesn't want it in the pictures. He like just like tossed it in the water after you unhooked the fish. Yeah, don't get a good picture. Yeah, look up Green Little Dude uh, or Pro Tip. If Bad you little... see the anglers throw it in the water immediately, that means it's not a sponsor bait. Look how high up the line tie is on that head. Yeah, it's got like a really. It's almost like a. Like sub 90, right? Like, right, it's there's like up. 30, 60, 90. This is almost like a 110. It's interesting. Yeah, that's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, geez, that line tie is like way up there. It's almost like football jig meets. Yeah, the wide must go to a top down. If you click on it, you can see top down. It's pretty wide. Yeah. It looks like it skipped pretty dang good. Probably compact, short, probably a really good brush jig. Ooh, yeah. Right in there. In the wood. So I found this lake in Wisconsin. I, I should take you there in the spring. I don't know, maybe you've been there, but like um, that is full of trees. Like it's like one of these lakes that has very little. See, the problem in Minnesota, Wisconsin is we have so much cabin development. There's those like, cables right there. See them? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, but, but those are the front... there and a post there and a post there. Okay. So that looks like our docks. Yeah, oh. but they don't, they're not. 
but they're probably like eight, 10 feet and then they float on them. They're not connected to them. Right. Like, so that's, oh, okay. Got it. Got it. These ones, he's probably in a shallower area of the lake. So these ones look a little more like our docks. Yeah. Okay. Those got a ladder in the water. Something on his dock over there. He doesn't have his ladder in. Brian new now looks like he's skipping a swim bait. Looking for a bear bite. So they're skipping the swim baits to look like herring, right? Like that's what they're herring or shad. Just that pre-spawn meal. I don't know if that one's big enough to be a mag draft. That looks smaller. It's long, but it's not very like... Because the thing about mag drafts is they're thick-bodied. He is out of here. He's pulling up. Running, gunning. Hit the docks and then run to the next one. But I was, uh, so I found this lake in Wisconsin that has very little cabin development, which means all of the trees just get to stay blown down. Cause like, you know, in Minnesota, Wisconsin, everyone's got cabins that, you know, the shorelines are all pretty developed, which means a lot of those natural trees get taken out of the water after storms. You know what I mean? People cut them up and pull them out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I found one in Wisconsin and your jig, I was using your jig like the whole day, like throwing it into wood and it, it did really well. Your tungsten, your tungsten jig it was like my main jam last fall. He's saying it's the new Booyah crankbait. That's a little guy. Oh, these are all replays. Actually, Curly, a lot of their blanks are made in South Korea. But almost all the rods that you buy in the store come I know. If, all if overseas. You, like. <laughs> if, you're an, if you're a fisherman and you're going to exclude products from China, you better make your own stuff because – Everything's from China. Like you better, you better just dig up your own worms and make your own hooks. Pour your own plastics. Even the molds come from China, or at least like you know what I mean. Like do it molds. I'm guessing come from China, like the mass produced ones. Yeah, uh, I haven't played around with perspective mode. I don't have. I've only been in one boat that had. I haven't fished a lot uh, with front facing sonar. So I do you, do you use the doesn't Lawrence or you have active target? Yes. They have a perspective style mode, right? Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but you have to change the deucer's angle. So you got to like mess with the mount to like spin it. And I will say that perspective mode, I think the the side view is way more useful. I've done that. I've tried the perspective mode. The thing that sucks is in perspective mode. If you're in shallower water, the return comes back super hot. So it's like really bright. Um, and so if you get it's like a bright day. And like you're fishing it kind of shallow, like you can't see much, um, like very, I don't know. I, I'll say perspective mode is probably best in like eight to 28 to 15 foot where you get the most like, where you can see everything really well. Um, but I don't know. I, I With the side view, you can shoot way out, way out, way further, right? And that is more useful to me than seeing like right in front of me. So I don't know. And it's really inconvenient to move the transducer. Like you got to pull it up. You got to mess with the little things. You got to spin it around. Like it's kind of pain. He has to switch it back and forth. So I, I don't run it in perspective mode that often. I'll put it that way. That's definitely a mag draft. Oh, I missed a good view there. Freestyle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a mag draft. You're right. It looks like a freestyle though. It looks like the one where you put your own hook on it. Not the use the treble. The freestyle. Yeah. So somebody they said the bass uh, hang cherry just got to eighteen. They said, "Uh oh, yeah, eighteen one. Still got him outside the top ten, but got him in in position. Oh, Welcher, he must have got a whoa Welcher six pound. Oh. That was earlier. He must have just called out a little one with this two pounder, which moved him up. 
Oh, I like Walter, man. His YouTube channel is pretty good. His fantasy, he, I picked him in fantasy and that did not go well. Uh, <laughs> Zoom, his... I guess, is coming out with a bad little dude color. Yep, mostly floating docks, except for the really shallow ones up. Uh, Scott Martin. Swindle's um... at the cut line. Yep. He's going to need a biter. He's only got four fish. Is that right? He gets a two-pounder, though. He's, like, in the mix. So. Oh, yeah. Swindle needs one more fish. Ooh, he's good got question. a uh, Transducer mount separate. So this is live scope. It's really popular with the crappie guys. Bat, uh, walleye guys, too. Um, for me, the way I like to fish, I think when I put a front-facing sonar on my boat, I will have it hooked to the trolling motor. Because the one time I fished with it actively with my buddy on Smith Mountain Lake, it was on the trolling motor. And being able to track your bait on the cast it's almost imperative to have it uh, on the trolling motor. Like if you want to throw it out and kind of like track your bait mm-hmm. uh, and fish like a jerk bait, you can't like hand control. Yeah. I mean, we do have some of those ones that are motorized, but then that's like a really expensive mount. I don't know. Yeah, I see it, most of the tournament guys having their live scope transducers or their front facing on the trolling motor. Can I, can I tell you, I got to tell you. So, so using active target for an entire summer, what sucks is you get used to having your foot on the trolling motor pedal all the time because you're 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 aiming the sonar to where you want to see the fish of the cast. I find that my hips start to hurt after about like three, four hours if I'm really using it all the time because That's I have that old. one leg elevated a little higher. Do you have, have a re- to... even with a recessed foot pedal? Yeah. I have to like I have to remind myself to switch feet like and use the other foot once in a while to take the pressure off my hip. Like I actually, it, my hook gets fucking sore after like three, four hours of using active target, like nonstop. And, and I'm like, I don't know. It's weird. Yes. I have a recessed foot pedal and it's just cause you're, you're up a little, you're putting more weight. Cause when you're, when you're, when you have your foot on the trolling motor the whole time and you're pointing it all of the, like 80% of your load is going on your other leg. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, my hips get fatigued. Yeah, you can't. So that's the only downside to having it on the trolling motor is that you can't use spot lock and live scope at the same time. Nope. Effectively. Pretty much SOL. I find myself using spot lock uh, all the time because I'm an offshore. I love offshore. So what I usually do is I kind of position where I I don't mind getting blown around a little bit while I'm scanning and kind of figuring out where things are that I want to make a cast to. And then I get back to where I want to be, hit the lock, and then I kind of remember which where to throw the bait. But that's um, why you see so many of these guys running 360 and front face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. 360 is amazing with spot lock. Totally. No, I'd get it. I, I would love to have 360 plus active target on my boat. That would be great. Um, but, yeah, it, with spot lock, it, it's, it's not great. But I will say if you're a bank angler and you love going up and down banks uh, and you move a lot, the, having it on your trolling motor is freaking awesome because you right, can be able to like look at the dock or yeah. stand out and see if there's a sunken boat lift or a log. Yeah, yeah, it just gives you constant information. Like I, I, I do what I call I, go, I call it smally stocking, uh, where I go up and down banks and points shallow, and I'm just I'm literally not making a cast until I spot dots. So I'm like I'm just going oh there's some fish cast at them, go to the next pocket. So like I literally. I'll just run bank and not make it literally not make a cast until I see something. So it's kind of lame because you're sitting there just staring and driving around going, but it's kind of fun at the same time. 
You're not wasting time fishing areas that don't have fish. Oh, Ronnie Moore is going to be on the screen of knowledge here. So you can talk about his fancy fishing team. Oh, here's your buddy. <clears throat> Ronnie who? So here's your buddy. Like, you, you know this guy, don't you? Ronnie who? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, that's right. You guys have beef. It's like just a fun rivalry. Not a no, beef. I love it. I, when, I, when I heard him talking about you, I was like, oh, that's that's hilarious. So, um, oh, go back. I want to ask about uh, – I got a quick answer to that one about the Mega Bass P5 rods. Someone asked. Uh, anyway, the Mega Bass P5 rods are not shipping until November. The, the Mega Bass USA guy today at the Classic told some people that the P5, you, the new P5 rods won't be out until next November, which means you ain't getting them in the spring or the summer. You don't actually get to fish with those rods. So everyone – so. Rich, everyone's um, excited about these new bag bass rods that are literally not even going to be out this summer. They won't come out until mm-hmm. Christmas. I'm not excited about them, but well, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Was he talking not, trash I, to me, Dustin, or just general fantasy fishing trash talk? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear him name drop you yesterday, but I didn't okay. also didn't watch the whole broadcast, so maybe he did. Kyle says, "Take a, check out the cornfield crappie live scope mount." That might be the one. They have one that I think actually like it mounts on the trolling motor, but then it has like a separate arm, so it can like either do you know, right. like you can do one or the other. If you fish you vertically, look it up live on stream. So I have a friend, Colin. So I, I fish with this guy who uh, he's a walleye guy, and he has the um, he has his live scope on a swivel arm. He's got a deep V, and so he sits at his console. He has his jig rod over the side of the boat, and he points his uh, live target and he vertically fishes under the boat right with like you know rigs and he loves it like he, My he dad primarily crappie fishes and he's got it detached right but he <laughs> he he has the he has his trolling motor on the remote you know the walleye guys whatever they they have the they have the they have the trolling motor controls on the remote around their neck they sit at the driver's spot in the boat they hold the rod out to the side and then they have their sonar unit in front of them and then they just like pilot themselves around and, and try to catch walleyes right right under the boat. It works. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out uh, which product is live sweep. Oh, the the physical or the the independent mount for the. Daniel said he took an old cable steering trolling motor, removed all electronics, and then turned it into a live scope mount. That sounds like a lot of work. Foot steer live scope. Interesting. So what is your experience with front-facing sonar and weeds? Sucks. Um, you see weeds, like, right? Like, you can see fish. Here's the problem, Rich. We, what, what fish love being around weed lines in Minnesota? Panfish. Everything. Tons of panfish. Everything. So, like, you'll scan weed lines with an active target, and you'll see a ton of fish. But it's like likely bluegills, like you know what I mean. Like you can't really tell the bass from the um, from the other fish. Uh, so it, I don't, I don't love it for fishing. I like knowing you can use the active target to find where the grass lines are. Right, it's really easy to make an exact target right to an edge of the grass. Right, that's great. Um, but you're not like finding. Um, there's just a lot of fish activity around grass edges. You know the lakes we fish. Sound like he called me out again, according to Dustin. <clears throat> nice. 
popcorn. I could go for some popcorn right now. That sounds good. What's the question for you? Uh, X Prides are now. People are getting them. Uh, Shields has them. Shops are starting to get shipments of the X Prides. How many they're getting is kind of like eh. And then when they're going to get them again is eh. So I don't know. All I say is if you want some and people have them, just buy it now. Because uh, who the heck knows when restocks are, you know, people are going to get more. But they're out there in the world right now if you can find them. Um, Omnia is going to get some. I don't know when their shipment's coming in. They seem to be very low on the Shimano totem pole. So does that thing turn? This piece down here? Oh, no, actually, you're not even looking at it. I'm not sharing with it. I don't feel like they're doing a great job of showing how it works. <laughs> Maybe there's a video somewhere. So is that on Christy right now? Or who's who are you looking so it's at? like they have this other piece down there. So boy, if you fish up in Minnesota, talk about a freaking weed catcher, that thing would be. <laughs> oh, you can you can flip. You can you couldn't you be couldn't shallow use this shallow in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, could you imagine flipping with that thing on the front? No. That ain't gonna work. Is that Christy? Who's that? That is could be. No, it's not a. It's not a express. That's. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. He's on the metal boat. Is that new? I think that's new. There you go. Man, he, he does like to have like seventy-seven rods on his deck. What's Walter? Yeah, around the docks. Walter's been throwing a swim bait that looks a lot like a mag draft. So we got three guys running docks. Hackney's out, and who knows where Hackney is. Tom, I agree. You know, my <laughs> here's where I wish things would go. I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. Is that if we could have kind of I'm just picturing people, I'm picturing people with a VR headset out on their boats <laughs> and like running around and like running into things. And yeah, um, <laughs> but I can, like, I would like to, why, why can't we leverage existing like Samsung and Google tablets and tie those into hardware? Oh, you know, like I got an answer for you on that because I've asked that same question to some Lawrence people. So Lawrence and Hummingbird and Garmin, their entire business model is selling SKUs. Like they need to sell units. Like their entire business model is about selling a unit. They don't sell software. They want to sell you the box. That's why they want you to buy a new box every couple of years. That's why when you buy a boat, you got to buy the box. They need to sell you the box. That's where they make their profit. So theoretically, you could buy one box and then put an iPad and extend your screen. They could do that. The technology is very much there to like use your own tablets and just run the same software off of like one controller. Kind of like how we do with laptops, basically. Exactly. That could easily happen on a boat, but these manufacturers don't want to do that because they want to sell you the box. That's their whole bit. It's the traditional business model that none of them want to change because they sell to pipelines, right? So they don't sell one box. They sell 10,000 boxes to Cabela's. They sell 20,000 boxes to Academy. You know what I mean? They got to they gotta make money through volume. And if we could DIY our own screen setup with just off-the-shelf tablets, iPads. Speaking not of which, I'm pretty sure Brian has three at the three at the council and three on the bow. He's got right. six. No, they, they purposely don't do this because – they they need to sell you the stupid box for three grand every couple of years. It's major profit. Those boxes do not cost that much to make. Like when you're buying a three thousand dollar 
fish finder, you know, they're making a healthy, healthy chunk of money off those things. Michael thinks he might be able to do it with the Garmin, but um, Scott, yeah, they haven't showed Scott Martin in a while. Uh, he fell off the, he hasn't had a bite in a while. He's dropped way down. Yeah. We just wanted to have more reach, more people, Facebook, YouTube, more the merrier. Uh, I think this whole thing was basically we're, we're going to be sitting around watching this thing anyways. We might as well just do it on the internet and do it live. What else? What That's, got nothing else going on? That here. looked more like a mag draft than a BPS swimmer that time. That, oh, I think Kennedy's hand. Kennedy went back to the swim bait. He's put down this, the spinner pole for a little bit. Oh, yeah. And they're all throwing the same color. They're all throwing the white albino. Mostly it's like something very, or a, cl- a variation very close to it. They love that white. I saw one of the people on YouTube comment earlier that uh, Kennedy was trying to get to see him with the swim bait, and then he'd throw back in there with the wacky rig to try to convert him. It's a good idea because you know they're there. I don't know. I might have some family stuff tomorrow. Um, if I don't do one during the day at the end, I might do a like wrap up, like just after the weigh in ends, go live, and then just kind of have a post game show. Maybe we'll see. We know how many people are watching, like total across YouTube. Between and... all of the, everything is 137 across two YouTube channels and Facebook. Jeez. That's awesome, man. I didn't think I'm at about did. 90 on my YouTube, and then yeah. so between you and Facebook is another 47. Nice. That's awesome. There's definitely still ice up here. <laughs> Probably people still driving on the ice as of today up here. Yeah, we'll we'll have ice until at least early April. March well, is when it starts to break out. You can um so there is a link. There's a link. So let me just Ooh. show you guys this. A, yeah. Are you talking about the sneaky? Yeah. So just for people that like, so, cause tomorrow they're not going to be on the Fox. If you go down here, uh, at least for today, they have this link right down here. That'll open a new browser um, during FS1. Now I don't know that it'll work tomorrow or if they're just doing it for the classic for regular elite series tournaments, this wasn't working for me unless I use my phone and used a virtual VPN to change my country. Yeah. But um, try this link down here. If you're having trouble getting the coverage uh, in the morning when they're on Fox. So it says Saturday and Sunday only. So try that. Yeah. I didn't even know about that until I saw someone. Call. I was like, Whoa, that's kind of slick. You can just do the international link or whatever and, and get around it. Uh, Wisconsin ER says it's one of the highest rates of uh, vehicles going through the ice this year. Oh man, I yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Welcome to the, yeah. So I was looking back at my Google photos. I was out on the water last year on the first weekend of April. Like out what is this touching guy? grass. Get out of here. Get out of here, Ronnie. Nobody wants to talk to you. <laughs> uh, thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. <laughs> Yes, or Ronnie who. Yeah, down with I now I know we have to be like down with Ronnie. Yeah. Um I would think I, which, I guess what pools are you talking about? Saved soliloquy. Soliloquy. Um saved Yeah, soliloquy. I would think you get down down Towards like upper, I mean, I would think like pools 10 and down would probably be pretty open by now or just about to be. All right. What do you think of the new zillion with the new drag system? The new zillion casting reel, I'm guessing you're talking about? Or the new, there's a new zillion HD. So they got a new swim bait reel, like a bigger reel. 
uh, that's out in Japan. Then we got the New Zealand uh, casting rod reel last year, which is great. This is the New Zealand kicks butt. My fidget today is I'm just playing with one of my – I keep this in the office for when I'm on boring meetings or whatever for work. I can just sit and spin my – you got a fidget? Oh, yeah, you have the one with the, 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 the buttons. The cast egg super free. Although I think Gramps yeah. wants it, so we got to come up with a deal for Grants to get this. He Gramps wants this. So you got the old school fidget spinner. I got the sort of. I mean, it's not right. new school. Cool but. two for Dam. I don't know. I bet you that. I feel like right below the Dam. I mean, I, isn't like Red Wing open like all year? People fish right below Red Wing. I would assume that below the dams are open. I don't know. That's a walleye thing mostly. <laughs> that's, your, that's your neck of the woods. Dustin reports that uh, eighteen and nineteen are open. There you go. Uh, there you go. So you know, I I jumped the border in Wisconsin. I'm sure you go right to the river. I'll just be sitting at home this year unless people give me a ride. Oh yeah, you're boatless at the moment, right? <laughs> I've never been to Lake Geneva, but my neighbor Bill has gone out there a few times. It's supposed to be a pretty cool lake. So what's your uh, what's your outlook on getting a boat by spring? Hope, May. Hoping? <laughs> what's that? May. <laughs> you're hoping you're hoping by May. Yeah. Is that when your first tournament is? <laughs> no. April. Uh, pool 10's locked up. Uh, he said he was talking about the casting zillion. Oh, yeah, the, the zillion's great. You can't for 300 bucks, fine. You can't, there's no better, there's no better spinning, or I'm sorry, there's no better casting reel out there right now than a zillion for around $300. Like, there's nothing that is even close. There's great options above and below the price point, but at 300 bucks, zillion's, zillion's it. Yeah, exactly. You know you're an angler when you're you got reels sitting around. But this is my like studio. I've got I'm surrounded. I actually do have like these ones just sitting here. I got a Fuego Spin. and a Rebros sitting over here. Nice. I like the Fuego. I got a bag Fuego. of an Arsenal Battalion bag full of spinner baits. <laughs> got all kind. Of, I mean, I got like a bulk bag of D bombs sitting over here. That's uh, those will get used. I mean, there's my jig box sitting there. Hey. I got a bunch of terminal tackle boxes. Uh, whatever. I got crankbaits, jigs. There's just stuff sitting out. This is like my fishing studio desk, and then I have my right. work desk. See, this is my work area, so I don't have too much fishing crap. I got a couple of reels, uh, video game. I got a PlayStation here. Oh, I'll show you something. I've been buying like vintage patches. Are you going to make buy- a vintage vest to wear them with? I got plans, I could, but I've been scooping a bunch of these kinds of like older vintage um, patches up on eBay lately because I got I mean, something I want to do with them. But I like this one. Isn't that great? I love the gold. It's really nice. You know, Greg, if, if budget is not an issue for you, then and you got the room and the real estate to do it. Absolutely. Why not? But um, also realizing that you know not everybody has the budget for live scope and 360 and all that kind of stuff. If you fish a lot of rock piles and like hard cover, having a 360 seems really really beneficial. Even for finding those bare spots in the weeds and the edges. Yeah, I got I didn't get to use it a lot last year, but Coon Lake. Uh, I mean, the east side's got some deep spots. Yeah, but it's not. It's. it's Coons, I mean, it's a good lake, but it's kind of on one of its lulls or lower swings, I feel, right now. 
I, I, I unfortunately am forced to fish coon every single summer in our bass league. And uh, it's one of my least favorites just because it gets so much pressure. That lake is pounded by wreck traffic and then pounded by tournaments. I used to it love it. That was my favorite lake as a kid. We fished all the time. It, it just, it, the north sides. those fish get so beat on in that lake. Dustin, they ordered his boat and they screwed up his order and it's like the wrong color or the wrong something. Uh oh. <laughs> and they it's just like that, him to just take it. <laughs> it's, like that, um, it's like that scene yeah. in uh, National Lampoon where he shows up and it's the wrong model car, wrong color, and the sales guy still talks him into taking it. But he's got another one on order now. Um, yeah, boats are like I always tell uh, people, like I talked to another guy, he was like, ah, oh, I want to get a bass boat. I'm getting rid of my Lund or whatever he has. And I was like, well, the first thing is if you're going to buy a used boat, don't spend absolutely everything you have because you got to be prepared to um, like put a couple thousand into it every year. Right. And we got Luke Palmer here on the line. Yeah, they oh just uh, Let's see what it is. It got exciting for a little bit for me. Uh, it, it's been a grind for me today. It's been bad. Uh, started out, I really thought I had some areas I could go catch me a couple of good fish early uh, just to kind of get the day going. And uh, it didn't pan out at all. It was terrible. Uh, but I've been praying for sun all day long. And finally at 12, 12, 30, we got a little bit of sunlight. And, uh, Another wacky worm. This got to come to play. Yum dinger. That's no one's throwing down. anything that makes bottom. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Really been peeing on. Not, not a lot of jigs, not a lot of. Finally yeah, not a lot of bottom uh, contact stuff going on. Not much wind, and it finally happened. It uh, kind of got a little bit of different color water finally. He's up to fifth place. And I just kept moving around, and uh, finally said, I'm going to burn some gas and pull in the right couple of areas, and it clicked finally. When you talk about sun, Luke, can you kind of walk us through what you want? Why you sun and, and the area looks like you're yeah. This is quick. So yeah, we had uh, Luke on a couple weeks ago on the stream. So and he was my bucket D pick. So uh, it's cool to see he's making an adjustment. It sounds like he's got a local style accent for that area. He's from Oklahoma. Oh, okay. There's an interesting thing. Guys from Oklahoma, like Jason Christie, do really yeah. well here. And Luke Palmer is basically a poor man's Jason Christie. So, <laughs> um, so is that because Dustin's the... new boat had eight color differences from what he originally ordered? Oh. That's all. I didn't know there was eight colors on a bass boat these days. It's mostly like, like it's Phoenix. I think. I didn't, know was, I didn't know you could get eight colors in a bass boat. I suppose. Oh, I, maybe you're counting trailer. I suppose if you count the trailer, you, may, you might be able. Well, to Well, sometimes eight. they have different. Like the top and the bottom have different. You can like change. I don't know. Yeah, I'm assuming it also counts the the, the seats and the trailer and. Nothing wrong with decking out a kayak. That is a very valid option. I, I will say if you are, because you got to remember a lot of people are housing, have different housing situations. People in apartments, people are in condos, like people who don't have access to like store a boat can put their kayak in their like, you know, carport or, you know, like, you know, I, I, I know a lot of the kayak people are, you know, people who are like live in an apartment or are, you know, room with people don't have a lot of room for a boat. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, it's convenient. Hey, whatever gets you out on the water. I don't care if it's canoe, kayak, anything. Just get out. 
Uh, Rich, I do. Yeah, almost all of my tourney turn turning almost all of my tournaments are videos. So if you go back and look at last season's videos, I've got tournaments from the very or videos from the very first tournament on the river in April, all the way to the national championship in November of on the water tournament fishing. Your national championship videos are really good. I like Thanks. those. You do you did a good job with those. I think there's only yeah I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, the transducer itself, there's only one 360 transducer, but they do have a different right. couple different mount options of, like, the arm, I, but I don't know. I don't see a lot of kayaks with Mega 360. I see a lot with... Uh, with if you check out the Sirius I Angler, uh, Bailey Eigbritt, his channel, he's, he's got, got it on 360 there? on his kayak. He's got a big-ass kayak, too. Like He's, he's got a Hobie something. I don't know what... There's the spread out. There's the... I mean, every look, it was talking about earlier how nobody's next to each other. Like, right. they are spread out. So is this flying south? Mm, I'm not sure. Hard to to I, whenever they do these flybys, I never can tell like the orientation. It helps to have been on a lake. Right. Like, I can always tell like on Gunnersville and Pickwick when they do that in Lake Fork because I've been on those lakes. But oh, Mike is he? He's either he's shaking heavy or or a heavy net or shaking a swim bait in front of something. He's, oh, oh, he's hooked up. Oh, he's we're good. live. We're hooked up. <laughs> we're hooked. Oh, should, we get some, should we get some drag squeal here? Yes. Mark Frazier, Bucket E guy. Um, his brother actually finished second in an FLW tournament. Ooh. Decent yeah. looking spot. It's skinny. Yeah. Spots are kind of skinny. They're kind of long and skinny. They're shaped different than – and that's not a game changer. But he's flirting with the cut line. That's probably why they're looking at him right now. God, being on the – I don't know. Looks like he was okay. uh, sh- a wacky drop shot. It looks like what he was throwing. Can I, can I ask a question? Why do they have a cut? I don't understand why they have a cut. Just let all the anglers fish all the days. There's not that many of them, and it's a big ass lake. I don't understand why they have to cut. I, I like why send them to the expo for that last day so they can like have their tail between their legs because they didn't make the cut. Um, I think like, part of it's tradition. <laughs> I think it's um, honestly, if you're not in the top 25, you probably got no shot in winning. I don't think but, at some point you don't want you want to let the people that are really in in the. Uh, that have a chance to win, to have room to breathe and not be fighting with guys that are of no chance. I guess. Plus but... it also gets, you know, 25 guys into the expo on the third day for the fans. Yeah. Um, I suppose. But they're not happy to be there. Like <laughs> they probably rather be out on the water. Plus it gives it, I think it gives an aspect of drama. Yeah, that's true. Right? It gives them I... another storyline to talk to. Yeah, um, that's true. There's the, the, the drama of being, bumped down to having to go but then it's like the cut line seems weird then 25 seems like a very high i would say yeah they could you could say you know although what i think uh didn't uh lee come from 11th i don't know like so but i think you could probably shave it to 15 or 20 (laughs) and make it a little more aggressive but 20 20 or 15 seems more logical than 25 you know what I'm saying? It's just like it seems like a weird number to cut. And then if if you're gonna cut at 25, why cut? I don't know. You do make some good points though. Mike um, Chris, I think guys stand in kayak. The new kayaks are really stable. I, I I see guys standing and fishing all the time. If you watch some kayak videos, they 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 spend a lot of time standing. I, I will say though, it kind of depends on here how how you're built as an individual too. 
Like if you're a big dude, you're going to have to get a pretty big expensive kayak to support your, your, like, but big and expensive. Even if you get a 12 foot Hobie, still a lot cheaper than a 19 foot bass cat or Phoenix or anything else. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah. I'm saying, yeah it, you can't get away with the nine foot, uh, roto molded, uh, you know, one at Shields for four hundred dollars. Right. You're not standing in that one. But if you're going right. to spend two, three grand on a kayak, shouldn't be no problem standing in it. Yeah, they're getting way better at that stuff, especially when you have it fully loaded out too. Like you can have a lot of weight in that kayak and then still be able to stand up in a lot of the like the nicer, higher end ones. Six, eight, three hundred pounds. That is a definitely that's your that's like NFL size, dude. That's like that's like a that's like a defensive line. That's the corn fed Iowa. <laughs> uh. Scott Martin was all over this morning on the on the Fox broadcast. They had him on constantly. Yeah, he was on, but I they think... were showing clips of his dad. They had Bill Dance on, and they were talking about Scott Martin. I just don't think he's been catching them. That's why they have, or maybe he's gotten to a part of the lake where they can't get a feed. That's another thing, right? We haven't seen, we didn't see much of John Cox either because I don't think they could get <laughs> wherever um, he goes. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, dude, Walter's been holding on to first place for a while here. Oh, we got Brian New. Brian oh, New's hooked up. He's That's doing probably was just, just a little bit ago. These guys are doing a lot of finesse. Oh, he said he's got a big large mouth out there. Oh, here we go. This could Ooh. be a big one. This could, this, this could vault him up. He has, yeah, he's got a small bag, right? Whoa! Ma, 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 monster. Got people cheering in the background. Dude, that is a big fish. That's like what four or five pounder. <laughs> Let's watch what he gets rid of here. So you know, if I've got a live well at two pounders and I catch a four or five pounder, I'm not weighing them. I'm just throwing them in the box and getting rid of that two pounder. Right? Why is he weighing that? You know, you're keeping it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, and he's using those ardent balls. Those things never keep the weight. I used to have those. You set the weight on the little ball, but when it the moves. fish crash around, it they mess them all up. Like you take it out, it's totally it's it doesn't actually work. Yeah, he's gonna pull out like a one one and a half pounder probably here. He, oh, he's using the pool noodle thing. You yeah, see that? I did that on Leech Lake, but I don't use it like on. Well, I don't feel like it's yeah. That that's a three and a half pound call, three pound call that's, at least. That, oh yeah, he's stoked. It looked like he a uh, finesse worm. Oh, he's wacky, wacky rig. Is it a weighted wacky or a wacky wacky? It looked like a wacky wacky. And he was throwing like a white one. Yeah, it was a really bright color. So it's almost like that. he was. Livesay is like way up somewhere. <laughs> he's he's at. <laughs> Oh, he's in the dirty no, water. So yeah, those look like Minnesota docks back up there. See that? All right, yeah, he's in dirty, dirty water too. <laughs> What's that? What's that? You didn't hear That was funny. What? Why is he pulling up his troll motor? Yeah, that looks like our kind. Of, that, so if you, if anyone watching this doesn't fish in Minnesota, that's what our dock line looks like. Can't really understand what he's saying. I'm just gonna mute him. No. But he just pulled up his trolling motor. I wonder if he put his. No, he's about uh, to skip. He's gonna skip. So he looked, but he pulled his trolling motor up. That was weird. He's throwing a swim bait. 
going to watch Cleveland see right now. Hey, I got to give hats off to Bass for actually showing a lot of fishing. <laughs> I, like they're I not never... afraid to show somebody fishing and not actually reeling one in. Well, they're, they're usually so, do so many cuts and replays and commercials and, you know, like other stuff. They've been see, It seems to me like they've been showing a lot more fishing the last couple of days than they normally do. Like they've been sticking with the actual content, which I like. The one he got rid of, I wouldn't say it was a dink, but it was just a keep. I mean, like two pounder, an average keeper it was definitely under two pounds. And he put one in that when the box, it was probably over four. Yeah. Uh, so good question. The pool noodles, uh, they do a couple things. Ideally, the main reason of the pool noodle is uh, in rough water. It keeps the fish from slamming into the top of the, I think he's fishing so shallow that he literally is needs to pull his troll motor up to use it. I think that's how shallow mm. it is. Um, but the oh, pool yeah. keep the bass from like in rough waves when the water's sloshing, it keeps them from hitting the lid and the, the top of the, so it protects the fish. And then also it gives a little more insulation this time of year, not really a thing, but in the hot summer, they can just help keep the water cool a little bit. I always thought it was just for not having a fish bang off the top of the live. That's water. mostly what it is. Yeah. I've seen it before. I know people do, especially on those big water lakes, like St. Clair and whatnot, where you're banging around a lot. <laughs> he says Russ makes uh, a 19 foot boat look like a kayak. Dude, I, I pull up that trolling. I do that pulling motor or pull that trolling motor pull up trick all the time. I always have my depth wrong. I because I, I fish a lot offshore, so my my trolling motor is usually set a little deeper. And then when I go out and fish shallow, I always regret it. <laughs> That's funny. What? How's have you been? I have. A, I gotta check in on the MLF. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a cut too. Hello. I, I always forget about MLF, even when um, they're they're on by themselves. To be honest, I watch them if I have like time. If I have nothing, you know, if my work's a little, I got I can have a second screen devoted to watching fishing. I'll check it out. So Welcher's still sitting on top. New just rocketed up to second. Yeah. So he put that as a four four. Seems about right. It might be a little heavier, but. Well, if you look at the ounces, I mean, they're 10 ounces from each other, nine ounces. Yeah. I mean, this is a virtual tie, honestly. Yeah, it's... exactly. So, so that Christy fish. Hasn't, Christy hasn't had anything in hours. So that fish was monster for new. They marked it as a 4.4. Four. That looked bigger than a 4.4. Four. Maybe I'm wrong. Chris says Neil is in the lead by six pounds. I tend to agree, Mr. Bass, but I don't even really care that much when I'm like, even with fancy fishing, I still haven't watched it that close. Right. Um, yeah, Ott's not having the year he did. Like, what, Ott won two or three events last year, and he's just struggling. This yeah, year. he's not He's not doing great this year. Charles says the needles also help keep the fish calm. How do you know that? Do you ask the fish? Do they tell you? Charles can talk to fish. You take that back, Brian. You don't know. Do the bass fill out a survey after the tournament about how their how their experience was in your life? Well, you don't know if it keeps them calm. Boyd's on camera. No, he's, he's actually not been on camera that much. They they have not. Yep. Boyd has sucked in a lot of these tournaments and not gotten a lot of camera coverage. We've got a hundred people now on YouTube, and we're one hundred and forty six total. Dude, I think people are... Uh, yeah, Mr. Bass, how did your tournament go? You didn't stream this week because you had a derby. Uh, yeah, I mean, the anglers are cool. I just... Here's the thing. Hey, the Weaver. thing I struggle with is I... There's like... 
they just like cut to fish to fish to fish. You don't get to see the decision making and the thought process. And that's the part that I don't like about MLF. Yeah, MLF is very well, they have so many cameras out on the water. They can they have the ability. So they're they they have like 10 cameras out. So they have the ability to there's show 10, a lot of action. there's 10 cameras on bass as well for the classic, yeah. anyways. I don't think they have, they only have five during the regular tournaments, five or six. Yep. I think fighters fine. Uh, you know, the classic is not a point event. He did. He had what a decent St. John's and a rough Harris chain. He's never been great in Florida. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think he's going to have a good year. He may not be in contention for AOI, but I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with fighter. Um, here's a pro tip from uh, Bama man 24. You can just use uh, beer cans instead of pool noodles. He's not using the beer cans. He's just trying to throw them somewhere. That's not, that's, you know what I mean? He's like, drink the beer, throw it in there. It's trash. So um, I will say MLF has the, uh, the advantage of having the best fishermen in the world right now. So like Wheeler, any, you know, he, it's almost worth it watching alone to watch when Wheeler is doing his thing. You know what I mean? Like they have the, the best guy out there. So that they have that in their back pocket. This gives you a glimpse that we were talking about big fish earlier, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So, yeah, six-pounders are – there's only been three of them. Well, it's only been today. One. Yeah. You can also yeah. see catch times, so you can kind of see where they go on runs of, like, activity. Yeah. It kind of seems like there's an afternoon window right now. As time closes, I think – I don't know what time they stop fishing, but live is going to go off the air in about eight minutes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll just ride it out to the end here. This has been fun. Well, Ronnie's talking to the director of rods. Nobody cares. The director of uh, rods the, at Abu Garcia. The director of the buffet line, from what I can tell. <laughs> wow. That's a big dude. Oh. Greg is just reporting that Chrissy just logged a good one. Gotta go bass track. So it hasn't registered yet. So we'll watch this. Do you think more MLFers will come back to bass? I think there are some, right? Like this first open, um, <laughs> uh, there was what Poche and Burge and a couple other guys literally made, were like fishing the open in Florida and they mm. skipped practice for the stage one BPT. Right. And like, why would you be fishing the, I mean, sure. Uh, if they're trying to win to make the classic, right? Sure. But if you're fishing the opens, you're more than likely trying to, um yeah, yeah if you have no conflict sure you could be fishing the opens just to make a classic or make extra money or whatever but like if you're willing to skip practice for a bpt event for an open you're probably mm-hmm. trying to make the elites i also think that like i think mlf did something smart well bpt did something smart about like letting the bpt guys go fish the um mlf mlf pro tour events because then they can fish more events and it keeps them like less uh interested in going to the opens do you know what i mean so like i think a lot of those guys that are d- fishing the BPT plus the MLF pro circuit, um, maybe they don't have time to go fish the opens. Like fishing those two circuits alone is like, you know, pretty time consuming. Yeah, live mix isn't loading. They said it was on live mix that he got. Uh... So no. some of what the other person said, they had Scott Martin was all over this morning. So they're probably put him on live mix this afternoon to give some of the other guys more time this afternoon on Bassmaster.com. So who who's on the bubble right now? Let's look at the cut the bubble uh, boys. Why is my I was hoping that live mix would show so we could see 970 people watching the live mix. That's pretty good. Come on, I'm trying to get it to load here in the background. 
So, so yeah. like watching multiple live streams and streaming yourself is a bandwidth killer. Wes Logan is your bubble boy unofficially. And Brandon Cobb was a local favorite and he's got a 610. Uh, he's got he's got two two he's got a bunch, he's got three two pounders and two good ones. I mean, he had a bad day yesterday, so that's why he's in this position. He only had 11 pounds yesterday. So he's a guy, you know, makes the cut. You know, Jay Pauk, these are big names, guys that thought would be in contention to win here that are right on the border of Hackney also, right? So you got some yeah, big names, look- John Cox. These yeah, are all guys you- that were favorites. If you look like Frazier, Hackney, Shyrock, all of those guys have pretty light bags, and they're only like what a pound and change out of the cut. So any of those guys catch one more decent right. fish. So whereas like somebody like Cobb, who's got sixteen pounds, yeah, he's got a big. He needs a really good fish to make up any ground. But these guys that have nine pounds, seven pounds, they catch up three, four pounder. They're gonna yeah. jump way up. Yeah, you could see Shyrock, Hackney, Frazier kind of leap. Taylor Smith, he's a he's a he's a top nation guy, I think, right now. He's in the cut. That's all sweet. unofficial. Like the thing is, the weights are so tight mm-hmm. that you know, plus or minus a pound or two, right? Like, so is it a big deal if a federation dude like Taylor Smith gets into that cut? Like, is that? that, that I think it's a big deal if he makes the super six, not just making. Okay. Or Swindle skipping his. Ooh, he's such a good draft. skipper. Swindle skipping is so freaking. Mag drafts are not that hard to skip, though. Yeah, they but... actually skip really well. All right, yeah, but he's he is good. Back out on uh, Mark Frazier. He's jerking. Jerk, jerk, pause. Jerk, jerk, pause. Well, that's Brock. That's not Brock Mosley. No, I'm pre- Brock Mosley was way up a creek, and I'm pretty sure that's not Brock Mosley. I like seeing Matt Airy in the cut. I like him. Oh, Matt Airy. The Johnstons are in the cut. Those are spinning here. Oh, Welcher. Should we get a live look here? Welcher. Man, he could win the thing. He's in position. They might show. Oh, they got Christy up 33. So they logged his fish. They're, oh, they're basically tied. Oh, snap. I would bet you money Christy's got a bigger bag than that. Dude, if he's if he's leading into the next day, that'll be a big deal. Everybody loves Christy. Yeah, I agree. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Hackney's like three pounds off on his bass track. Swindle got his fifth. I've never used a favorite reel. Favorite reels are just Chinesium rebranded. Reels anyway. Best, best like in Minnesota is Malax. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. I I would say no. <laughs> Definitely not. It's maybe the best big smallmouth fish, right? Like for whoa, swindle through that fish in the box and kept fishing, and his bass track said he already had five. I almost <laughs> swindle is pretty good at skipping a buzz bait. Um. The time I threw the mag draft the most, I was using a 764 champ. Mm. I throw it on a, I have a mega bass. It's called a perfect pitch. It's like a 7-2 heavy, but it's got a soft tip. So I throw, I throw a mag draft on a perfect pitch. I don't know. I've never, Wheeler hasn't been fishing any opens. So I don't think he's coming back to bass. Go back to bass. He's kicking everybody's butt and 
cashing mega checks on like he's taking everybody's lunch money on MLF. There's no At way this point it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I haven't seen or heard of him fishing in open. So if the only people who are gonna leave MLF are the guys who are not doing well. Like the guys who are making well, money on MLF are sticking. That's around. not true because Prosnick won a BPT event. But Prosnick's yeah. not done anything. He did win. He did that. So he's had a lot of bad finishes. Yeah. But he only, yeah, anyway. But I, I would say there's a very unlikely chance that Wheeler's going anywhere. Not when he's making almost a million dollars off these dudes every year. Talk yeah, there's a lot of guys in that position, South Jersey fishermen, that if they get one big bite, they're going to be right up there. Man, go, good for Walter. So let's see. They uh, Jason's Christie's last fish was entered as a four pounder. See, when you see this three mm-hmm. zero four zero four zero, they're rounding down. They're really rounding down, right? Whereas <laughs> when you see Brian News weights, they're very specific. Mm, maybe not. Okay, that that okay. that one he caught though that they marked the four four looked bigger than four four. We saw that one live. I think well, that you, there's some bigger. people that like weigh all their fish, and when you see two oh, two two three. That makes me oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait. Yeah, they actually say it out loud to the camera guy or whoever's on the boat, the marshal. Yeah. Hey, man, if Martin can stay in that, like, like 30... I said, he hasn't registered a fish since before 10 a.m. That's why he's not been on live. So to me, it looks like if you're over 30 pounds, you're probably in the a good spot for the to, to yeah. six. I think that's a good assessment. If you're in 30 pounds, you're going to be, you're going to have a shot. Right. So there's going to be about 10, Ooh. 12 guys. I the think. bubble has changed. The bubble's changed. Wes Logan's still there. Yeah. He was in the cut. Oh, yeah. Buddy Gross leapfrogged he, him. Yeah, he dropped down. He dropped out. Or somebody else did because now Taylor Smith has dropped. Maybe Matt, Matt Airy. No, Brian Schmidt. He moved up with a three-and-a-half pounder. He was the guy that was just out. He just pushed several people down. Ooh, Schmidt, he's a missile. Brock Mosley just caught a two-pounder. Chris Saldane with a late almost three pounder. Taco yeah. Ito got a three pounder. Like these are guys that are making late, right? These ones that are right. close to three o'clock. When do they? When are they done? Done? What do you think? I'm. I bet you there's a good chance that Christie's fish is closer to five than it is four. <laughs> yeah, so it's entirely likely Christie's leading, which doesn't matter too much, but. I don't. I don't know why they would put him there. Maybe because he was the second one to get there. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It's a it's a tie on the bass track. That's funny. I don't know. There's a lot of people taking shots at Wheeler, thinking that he's doing things, but I don't know. Like to be this consistent, I and there's people everything say- is on live, so I don't know. Like people. People are suggesting he's getting information, but even if he is right. getting information, to be that consistent, like there's no way you're. I mean, you, Dustin, you fish tournaments. How does it usually work when you get other people's information? Usually not that great. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So right. I, I have a hard time. But I think he's good. Um, it's, but also, it's like baseball and steroids. You think he's the only one getting local information? If he is, hell no. You right. know what I mean? Like you got to think most of the field has probably gotten some local intel, right? Kevin with the line of the, the stream so far. <laughs> Freaking girls at closing time when the lights come on. That's funny. That is a great line. Bravo. Um, I don't think we're going to go to the weigh-in. The weigh-in doesn't start for like 
dude in the wands that's like an hour drive or 45 minutes so uh, and the wands are boring there's so much fluff yeah i can't watch the wands that i watch for a few minutes and then i'm i mean bored. we probably could stream over the wand to fill the time but um i don't find the wands all that compelling because it's all they sit and talk about their sponsor and blah 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 and you gotta listen to um what's his name pad everything mercer I don't mind Mercer, but there's a lot of dead air he's got to fill, so he's just blah 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 blah. Yeah, a jerk bait I would add to this, Tom. But yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I would say the sink, the wacky Sanko seems to be like the one thing everyone. And, and Jordan Lee wanted on a stick bait mostly last time, so. So the swim bait, then the Sanko, and the jerk. They're officially done with coverage. Can you go. Does so. live still go? Like the live mix is over too. Want want they kick this out. You can switch over to MLF. They're live. Ugh. They got they got two hours left of their final period. So this is the the top twenty go to the knockout round on this one. Yeah, I so wouldn't we, doubt if Wheeler pushes the limits, but I uh, I. Don't think Kyle would go to MLF if you won the classic. It was interesting. What what makes you think that? That's an interesting take. Yeah, it's uh, weird. Yeah, 315, 330 weigh in time, and it's only two here. So it's and when they say the weigh in starts at 315, uh, that's when like the national anthem and the Berkeley cast for a thousand dollars and I, like right, like all that weird stuff that they do. And can I ask a question? Why do they do a national anthem at a weigh in? That makes no sense to me. It's not a sporting event, it's a promotion. I I, I I think it's ridiculous. They do it in the morning and the way in. That's what I'm saying. Like you got why do you, what, what's the point of doubling up on a national anthem? Just get to the thing. Not a bad call. I think. Well, you know he's been here before, right? The last time they were here. Uh, yeah. If anyone, like, I will say, last time Wheeler or Christie was all in on um, fish and shallow spinnerbait, doing that thing. Right. And this time he appears to have a more um, he's doing a lot of different or more versatile. He's got kind of a one-two punch. So, and he had the majority of that bag on a spinning rod, fishing the guts this morning. Mm-hmm. So the cut line on MLF is tight as well. It looks like MLF has a bunch Michael of old Neal guys. Be, Michael Neal seems like he's going to be the uh, the Ot Defoe of this year, where he's going to be the one pushing Wheeler this year. He's he's had a good season so far. Neil, um, I don't know. There's a lot of young guys though in MLF too, but yeah, there is a lot of older dudes. That's for sure. Yeah, it's for the crowd, right? It's for the thirty, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand people that are there. It's not for the people on ah, the. It and it's for all of the copious amounts of sponsors that they have because they have to do so much sponsor, uh, placating at the weigh-in. You know what I mean? Because a lot of companies pay a lot of money for name recognition there and they got to go through a lot of that stuff it's an advertising uh yeah thanks dave yeah so shout out to everyone that kind of hang out and threw a lot of comments on this is fun man yeah let's see we were i was at uh um what was my live i was just under 100 with 134 now that we put mlf on we'll see if we drop to like 37 people watching um yeah, I got. What do you got? What do you got going on domestically today? Uh, uh, my 
I convinced my wife to take my daughter to hockey practice, so I have nothing going on right now. So you got um, oh. more money, Bassmaster MLF. That's a good question. I think they're similar. I think tournament winnings wise, I don't think there's a big difference. Sponsor wise, I feel like hmm, I don't so know. So when you factor in the MLF Cup events that they fish and qualify for for the TV shows, there's Probably. more opportunity to make money in MLF as far Probably. as like tournament number i don't think it's way different though it's not like 5x or 2x it's like right 1x versus one and a half x or something uh the next elite is like next week or the week after on santa cooper which should be a smash fest like probably gonna be handing out some century belts uh 100 pound bags nice that'd be fun santa cooper so yeah that'll be fun I, I love watching all these tournaments until we can go out and fish and the ice is out and then I forget all about them. <laughs> Speaking of the uh, unbelievable number of advertisements in an MLF stream. Oh, gosh. Um, they all do. Well, Wheeler's a basket. That's, like, that's the other thing. I, like, they, they say, you know, like, what is Wheeler catches them, like, on a jigging wrap. And the next week, he's throwing them on a jerkbait. And the next week, he's catching them cranking. And the next week, he's throwing them on, like, a Sneeko rig. And, I mean, like, he does everything. Nobody does as many techniques as well as he does. Yeah, he 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 does everything: cranking, frogging, flipping, uh, finesse. He, yeah, you're right. He's like a um, master. He's a jack of all trades, like a savant. Like, right? And um, he's really good with his electronics too. It, that's the thing is like this is goes back to like there are some guys like Wake or that Wheeler, five fish. Every fish doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They know how to do it. Right. Riggins, who's like a local on Smith Lake, and he's like dominates there he wins like every other bassmaster open against a 300 boat field in a five fish yeah. format but he's struggling in an every fish counts some people can do both some people are better at one or the other and then there's a handful of guys out there that are good at both being good at both sounds like it takes a lot of work <laughs> like like you know what i mean like being good at one is is a lifelong pursuit but then being good at both of them would be even more difficult yeah, yeah. Salzman is he's a good guy. He's fun to watch. I tried to get him on the stream and he kind of flaked out on me. Um, but oh, yeah. so here's the thing about this gambit. So they split because they were unhappy what was happening at Bass at the time. Right. And it was kind of a overnight thing where most of them all went. It's not like they're active. I don't know of a single person that's actively leaving Bass to try to get to MLF right now. But there are a handful of guys at MLF that are trying to get back to Bass. So well, yes, all the top competitions there, but that all happened in a in like a, a coup, like in the dark uh, type thing, like a hostile takeover. Um, and so it was a coup. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a we want to send a message. But then you that. had guys like Polnick and Swindle and Prosnick and Christie and Hackney that de- determined the grass wasn't greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And they've come back to bass. And there's a bunch of other guys fishing the opens that are still trying to get back. But I don't know of a single person that's fishing the Costas or the pro circuit trying to get into the BPT from the bass side. Blat, He came, he, he, well, he was already, no, a he, was a, he was an FLW guy. Right. And then he but was he, like, I don't want to fish AAA. I'm going to go fish the opens. Then he got his teeth kicked in fishing the opens and goes, you know what? Maybe the pro circuit's not so bad. Yep. And he was Turns like, out he didn't have what it took to, to beat the guys in the opens. Yeah. I thought that was, that's where I was going with that. There's a few guys that flirted with the opens and then um, ran back to the pro circuit. Yeah, I think Thrift's on my team too, Dustin. Um, he needs to get in the cut. Thrift is so fun to watch. 
he when he's got a camera in his bow, it's always entertaining. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, it's like this thing. It's like there, <coughs> the Wheeler has no gaps in his game. He's amazing with electronics. He's amazing with all these techniques. He's really good at shallow fishing. It's like he just decision making too. He knows when yeah, to cut. Like he knows when to like leave and pull up and mm. try something new. <clears throat> right. Well, good luck, Chris. I uh, hope you catch some. That'd be awesome. I'm not doing any rigging, organizing, any of that stuff yet. I'm saving it for like, I, like my boat is insanely dirty. Uh, I, I basically put my boat away in the fall and didn't touch it. So I got to like do the full waxing, buffing, clean the carpets, you know, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of saving that. And then uh, I have a whole bunch of tackle I need to go and sort and organize. And I'm kind of waiting. I'm just... I know like the next month is going to be kind of a lull. So I figure I'll just get all this stuff done in the next three, four weeks. Yeah. Heron's one of the guys that didn't even catch a limit yesterday, which that's surprising, but he's having a decent day today, but he put himself <clears throat> too far behind the eight ball yesterday, which that was surprising. I remember talking to somebody who was saying like, well, at least Heron will be a safe pick. <laughs> guess not. So wait, let's, let's do something. Nobody does look down on the bottom. Who's like bringing up the last four or five spots. Who's Keith Kuma from Minnesota, one of our own. Where's he from in Minnesota? Brainerd area. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, Ray Hanselman Jr. Uh, Literally, he won every event in a the the Toyota Costa Series in Texas and the championship in one year. He like won four (laughs) coastal level or three level coastal and then won the championship. Um, Has been okay on the elites, but not great. Shane Powell. He is a he won the Ufala event for the team championship. He's like a Lower Alabama, oh, Ufala, Hammer. And then Maddie Wong is your Bass Nation champ. Um, Drew Cook, he probably wishes they were getting on the beds. Shane LeHue, he's a South Carolina lo- or North Carolina local. So this he is surprising. Polinick, that's surprising that he yes. has not done better. Matt Robertson. Okay, let's talk about Matt Robertson real quick. I don't – I. Not to like talk crap about him, but like when I've seen him do his thing, like on you know the little coverage he's had, I'm no, I don't, I'm, I, I can't figure out what kind of angler he is. Like, what does he do well? Like, what is he? What's his deal? Offshore finesse is probably his main strength. I mean, like, he's a personality. And he's funny as well. Throwing Kitex type swim baits. I would say that's where. Okay. Yeah, because I don't. Is he like a flipper? Is he a cranker is he a doc guy I, I haven't seen him enough to like know what what he actually is like good at i can see that dustin wheeler's personality is not everybody's cup of tea him and his buddies canal and avina all running around acting like a bunch of frat boys is not the best look for some people what's wrong with wheeler he's not that abrasive i think when he's on the water he's not bad oh he's annoying as hell when he's around his friends yeah his like videos on youtube where he's like hanging out with dc and um and you know and like his crew you need subtitles because i can't understand anything they say when they go into that really like um all their accents just get ratcheted up and they're like oh my i I can't i literally can't understand half the shit they say sometimes especially dustin parnell ike also left mlf to come back to bass oh yeah we can't Uh, That's that's the elephant in the room um yeah, they, they finally – so Salzman got in this year, Clavion Johns. Yeah, they um, took three guys, right? I was like the there was one other guy too. Um, uh, Cody – Dakota Hebert. Um mm. <coughs> But Sheffield – this is interesting. Ron – not Ron uh, – no, what's, what's his name? <sighs> There's a guy on the major 
the, like the guy that's won Angler of the Year two years ago and has been in the mix. Uh, it's Ron Nelson from like Michigan. He turned down the invite to the BPT and stayed on the pro circuit. Okay, I thought that was really weird. That is weird. Wait, he could have gone to the BPT but stayed in the pro circuit. Yeah, that's bizarre. There's got to be a reason. Uh, Ray Hanselman, I guess, wanted to start where Jared Miller was yesterday at that culvert. Dropped Welcher. Yeah, Welcher was like my guy last year in fantasy fishing. He had a really good season last year, didn't he? I was watching. I watch it. I don't watch a lot of the results, but I watch his YouTube stuff and his YouTube stuff. He was kicking some butt. He is really good with a frog. Watching Welcher frog is mesmerizing. That guy can work yep. like fish a frog. Cliff Pace, I guess, was fishing the most recent open. Yeah, I'm surprised because uh, Robertson really likes all swim baits, like the Kitex, the right. swimmers. So the fact that he's down mired down here is weird. Um, yeah, you'd think if you're like swim baits seem to be a player in the classic this year, and he that's his deal. Why isn't he? Why isn't he throwing? He probably, maybe he's throwing swim baits around docks all day and didn't just didn't. Yeah, it wasn't Spencer Sheffield. It was wasn't. I think it was Ron Nelson that turned it down, not Spencer Sheffield. Uh, yeah, somebody say frog. Let's go. Um, I miss throwing a frog. I love throwing a frog in the spring around. Go to catch times. Is there any late big catches here? So Brian Schmidt, that was the last one that was registered. Was at three eight. So yeah, not much action. Fighter got one little decent one, little little not enough too late probably. Cox, yeah, that's that's not good when he's registering a sub two pounder at uh, right before three o'clock. Hmm. Yeah, not not much has happened in the last twenty minutes. There's Neil hooked up again. He's catching him. He's well, that's surprising there. to see Shryock up there. Yeah, he usually sucks. Not a spot guy. Or normally you wouldn't think of him as a spot guy. Actually, now that Bass Last Live went down, we're getting more viewers coming on right now. <laughs> this is see, this is my kind of fishing. Little little chop offshore spinning rod. This is like my my comfort zone right here. What what he's doing. Like this is when I go out fishing, this is what my view looks like most of the time. Except for smaller. Yeah, out in the wind. <laughs> Out in the uh, wind. Yeah, I think, I think it might have been the time commitment for uh, Ron Nelson. Like, also, right, all these BPT events take, like, eight days to fish, plus oh, practice. They're, like, you know I mean? You have, like, two or three days of practice, and then the event runs for, like, six days. Uh, whereas the pro circuit, you know, it's, like, a smaller time commitment. Um, yeah. Yeah, those BPT events are stretched out quite a bit. He's yeah, dropping. that's the thing is they haven't been cutting people. They wait till people naturally leave, so they haven't really stuck to their words about the point. So it does; it's a little gray. Like they keep moving the target, which is I, w- I would be super pissed if I was a pro circuit guy. Uh, it looks like he's looks like he's got like a Demiki rig or maybe a drop shot, and he's kind of like stalking. He's looking around. Yeah, for he's just looking for him. He's looking to drop right on their heads. Uh. 
this guy wants to know about the new P5 Mark 56 rod for Magnus. Uh, I don't know. So the that's a, that's a new swim bait rod. They used to have the, what's called the Mark 48. Now they have this Mark 56. I, I'm guessing it's designed literally to throw mag drafts. I have no idea. Swim bait rods are not my – I do not like to talk about swim bait rods because I don't know – I don't know much about like what makes a good swim bait rod for what baits. It's not, not my wheelhouse. Um, but don't, it doesn't matter anyways, cause those P fives are not coming out until Christmas. So you got a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> I could be in the classic next year. Yeah. I was going to look up. He had a abysmal St. John's tournament and then a pretty decent Harris chain. I'm trying to pull up the AOI. So he's got to basically finish on the top. I don't think he's fishing any opens that I'm aware of. So that means he basically has to finish in the top like 37 or 40 AOI points. Um, so top 30-ish gets you into the class? Eh, top 40-ish. It's closer to 40 usually. By the time they do all the double qualifications and everything, it's usually right around top 40. But mm. you'd probably be closer to like 35 or um, our buddy right Jack, now. Our buddy Josh Douglas is probably not even close to that. <laughs> he had a rough two, two tournaments to start out. Yeah. So right now – this is about where the cut line is, is like Felix Pipkins cruise right in here. So even Christy, you know, as of now would be slightly outside. Mm. Um, Who's leading? So that's at like a hundred and let's say 120 points is the classic cut line. Um, David Mullins is leading. Oh, so yeah. He's basically had back-to-back top tens. Right. Um, Cox as well. Cox is kicking. So those are the two guys with back-to-back top tens. So they actually got a decent little gap. Um, but, here. Ooh, who's last? I like looking at the bottom. Just I don't know. I have a morbid curiosity. We, oh, 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 we should. I am gonna say. Let's or guess. Guess, guess who's the uh, one? I can see him. He's from like Louisiana. I guarantee it's nobody I've ever heard of. It's uh, it's, what is his name? <laughs> he got disqualified because he was like the year they went to Hartwell because he practiced one day into the cutoffs. Oh, I remember playing. hearing about that. The guy who got like Ellie's in 74th. So he's got about 50 points to make up in the rest of the season to be in the classic. Um, Hudnall? Hudnall. Derek Hudnall. Oh, look at you. He's got a lot. He's averaged uh, basically uh, nine from the bottom in two tournaments. Look his profile ones. So he has a 94th and a 90th. So he's dead last and four from the bottom. And he's got an ugly jersey. Paul Mueller, um, Paul, Kennedy. Mueller's good. Welcher. He's good. Last year was literally in contention for away, and he's, he's in the bottom year. six. Yeah. So, this is, yeah, there's some hammers down the bottom there. Jockinson. Douglas at 77. Uh, Douglas is just a few points behind Iconelli. There you go. Early in the season, though, you can have one like one really good tournament and just put yourself right back up there. Yeah. When you get four tournaments in and you still find yourself down here, then you're in trouble. Right. Wow, you guys are so full of yourselves. Pathetic. Wow. That's a, we got a negative comment. I like it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, MBG, I do like MBG. I reached out to him, try to get him on the stream, but I didn't hear anything. Uh, they are good. I love the net. That's almost the only net head I throw anymore. I've been using it since it came out, and it's awesome. Yeah. Jason Christie versus, well, the other Jason. Christie IE, which is on the Elite Series, and then the Christie with a Y, who is a fraud. That guy was uh, that's the guy who paid in. in Clemson. Good to see you. I think no. it's Aoki. Dice K is he's not even didn't he have I thought he had a he was 
dead last at um, uh, St. John's or pretty close to it, but then I think he actually had a good um, – I thought he had a good Harris Chain tournament. Hmm. What else we got? I remember. I don't know. We've been here, so we haven't been listening. Um, we keep talking about – you know. You you had to expect that, right? Because it's there's they, Bass has probably so much footage and content on Roland that they can dust off and make cool packages. I think he's out of it. slightly behind. Uh, were you taking shots at? Uh, the guy oh yeah, I apologize on that. That was mean. I shouldn't have said that. And you shouldn't say you guys. It was. It was me. I take this blame. guy. This you, can send, you can send all hate mail to my my PO box. I apologize. Um, yeah, so the, any rookie gets two years and they take an average of your points. So, uh, for requalification, so all rookies will get at least two years on the elites. Jacobson's in trouble to recall, yeah, he's been re- in trouble for a while, so and he's not doing great again this year. So, he's got to step things up once they get out of Florida. Funny, I like Carl, he's awesome. Everyone seems to love him. Yeah, thanks for checking in. Thanks yeah, I mean, this is great. I, we've had a, a steady stream of comments since we started, so that's pretty great. Thank, thanks for everybody for hanging out. I had not heard that Ron wants to get back into it. Oh, there was a he did a whole video on how he wanted to, but um, financially he couldn't find any um, backers or sponsors that wanted to put money into his. He made a whole well, basically video. He didn't it. want to spend his own money. Not that he couldn't afford to it. He just wasn't willing to put his own money up. Right. He basically said he couldn't get title sponsors that wanted to back his re-entry into the elites. He could get in if he wanted to, but he didn't want to put all his own money into it, which is a fair, that's a fair thing to think about because it is a financial drain to go fish those things, especially when you're his age. Right. And might not make your money back. That just kind of shows you why our sport isn't quite (laughs) mainstream. Our favorite sport is like not ready for prime time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you go back, he made a video and a lot of people are like, Roland can't find any sponsors that, you know, he's made so much money for all these companies. Like, over he can't find any additional sponsors, right? Cause he doesn't oh, want yeah. to like give up the sponsors for all the other things he does. Cause he wants to keep that money. He doesn't want to spend any of that money on tournament fishing. He, he, he didn't get to where he was by being bad at business. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I'll defer to him making good decisions financially for himself because I'm sure he knows what, what the risk-reward is, right? Yeah, for sure. Matty Wong is easy to root for, for sure. He's a cool guy. He's got such a, like, laid-back – I mean, maybe it's that Hawaiian, you know, thing of being very, like, laid-back and uh, soft-spoken and kind of chill. You know what I mean? He's got that whole – it's a surfer thing, right? I work with a bunch of surfers in my company, and they're all kind of like that. You know, it's that, that – I don't know. Yeah, Matty Matty Wong's got a, a high ceiling. As long as you can catch him. That's um, Brian New logged a three nineteen catch for two eight. He must Ooh. be on a late flight, or he punched something in as he was coming in. Does that? Does that? That's got to be a call then, right? Obviously. Yeah. So where's that put him? So that puts Ooh, him Ooh right that's a three horse right, race. There's a virtual tie uh, atop the leaderboard. So if you are watching the weigh-in, those are the three you gotta watch to see what they actually come in with. Because yeah, that's a that one of those three are probably gonna be leading it 
unless there's someone who's really sandbagging. Yeah, I'm just looking. I know if they thought Hank uh, Hackney was sandbagging, but but he'd really better be. I mean, he's gonna have to be sandbagging just to get in a cut, let alone <laughs> be in contention. So, right. So yeah. So we could you could have pretty tight day tomorrow between four or five guys that are all in in shot of of uh, taking the lead. My pick for rookie of the year at the beginning of the year was Cody Huff. So we'll see once he gets out of Florida if he can turn things around. Hellebass will not win because he's not pitching. <laughs> Hackney, yeah, I, you know, here's the thing: if Raw, if he's not willing to put up any of his own money, which I get from business stand perspective, but that tells me mm-hmm. he's not super confident that he's going to be super relevant. And it would be a, just a promotional thing, basically, right? He's, and so he's I don't, I don't care point. to see another Rick Clun or David Fritz, who's literally non-competitive in eighty percent of the tournaments, just because they were no no discredit to what they did in the past. But right. I, I want to see guys that are actually in contention and are hungry, right? Like because mm-hmm. if he was hungry, Rollins not broke. You know, Rollins not broke. So if he was hungry and mad at him and really thought he could kick some butt. He wouldn't be mine showing up because it's not like he's not getting any money, right? He wants to get all his entry fees covered plus make money on the deal, right? Fences, so, travels, yeah, right. So, I don't, I don't want to see people like that on a tour, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, you got to think for him to do it, it's literally just a um, like a victory lap or just like you know, you, I don't know. It's a good question, but <laughs> if if it's not. If, if he's not going to, if it's not going to be worth his time, because when you're that age, right, your time is very valuable. Like you got to yeah, have yeah. it to be worth your time. So if you, you know, if you're doing the calculations and you go, it's not worth my time. <laughs> Chris McCusky, uh just sent me a DM on Insta. What's this? Oh, <laughs> hat. The, that is great. You got to post that. Well, it, needs sure. a, it, it needs an Arsenal or Omnia logo, though, to, to make it the official uh, Hellabass. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't complain, but I'm, I, I, hey, and I'm not going to bash him if he does it or if he does. I'm just saying I'm not interested. Uh, I'm not saying other yeah. fans wouldn't be. I'm just saying if, if he rolls out there and gets a bunch of sponsors and averages a 70th place finish, I'm not interested. You also got <laughs> to remember, too. competitive, then great. You also have to remember that a lot of companies – promotional and, and budgets for media marketing are lower post COVID than it used to be. So like these companies that backed rolling in the past probably have to make really hard decisions about where they're putting their, their dollars nowadays. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think that they'd be better off spending their money on rolling, rolling to do with his YouTube channel. Someone says, Brian doesn't like tournament fishing tournaments. I don't hate it. I, I I'm not okay. I don't like. I'm not super into like the competition of it. Like I want to win. I like. I go fish tournaments to hang out. I'm like one of those. I like tournaments of the social aspect. I get to hang out with my buddy Josh. I like the guys in my league. It, it's a night out away from kids. You know what I mean? To me, I like tournament fishing for the like experience of it versus like actually competing and winning. Um, I don't really care if we win that much. I just like, you know, to me, it's just fun. If, if it's fun, I'll do it. You're not That's like it. me. You don't get mad at the fish like I do. Yes. That I don't. If I lose one or I don't finish fish well, I don't, I don't get too upset about it. 
I like I look forward to the weigh-in beers. I'm one of those guys. Like I'll fish hard. I'll, I'll try to do my best, but I'm looking forward to the weigh-in beers and, and BSing with everybody. I only like weigh-in bins if I win. Weigh-in beers if I win. Um, yeah, I agree. Like it'd be like when Jordan came back and played for the Wizards. Exactly. That's a great yeah. analogy. Although Jordan could play still pretty well when he came back for the Wizards, it wasn't terrible. You and me both, Stephanie. Um, that would be sweet. He came. You came close. A couple times. You were um, close. <laughs> one of the most I would just send in your own request michael if you haven't already they always like to get uh customer feedback on stuff to carry yeah honestly uh, omnia is always looking for suggestions so if you just message omnia or talk to pete or kip or jacob any of the guys at omnia and you're like hey can you carry this brand they will look into it they they're picking up a lot of niche products that were requested by people that aren't super mainstream yeah, like they brought was that the uh we were both like what that are they crankbait. It was like Bay Rat Lures, and neither one of you, neither one of us, had ever even heard of it. Really? I thought you might have heard of it, and when you said you didn't hear of it, I'm like, okay, that's that's very niche then. Sadly, I don't get enough weigh-in beers, Taylor. I'm not that good. So you don't. Um, want to... Hey, I I have one. Last year was the first year me and my partner didn't win any tournaments. So um, we I, we usually pull off a win once in a while. Me and my me and my partner. I, I don't know if Wheeler would be as dominant, but he'd still be very relevant and very good at five fish. We, we, I got to read this. If Wheeler were here on the elite side, uh, five fish, would you be dominant? He was really he, good in MLF. I yeah, mean, and in the year he did fish, he won like one of the three he fished in the super tournaments when they combined them that COVID year. I think. Right. Yes. New cover Nico. I don't have no idea what that is. Look it up. Uh, cover Nico Jimmy. I don't even know what that brand Gami. is. I'm guessing that's Gamagatsu. Oh, Gami. Cover Cover Nico? I'm going to look it up. So just a Nico hook with a... <laughs> with, uh, with a keeper? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> like a walleye hook. It's like a... Um... Cover Nico. I get the way you're supposed to rig it. The swivel's interesting. It must have to go through the plastic of the bait. I bet you it goes out the other side. So it's like a Texas rig, Nico. Yeah, I'm guessing you run the worm through it, and then the the line ties out the back side of the plastic. You know what well, I mean? I guess that's the way you do it, anyways. Oh no, yeah. I mean, you can do that with the, the chicken rig. I mean, I guess it's yes, chicken rigish. You're right. Yeah. It's different. All right. Uh, Roland really retired though. He seems to work hard. Like he's making content. He's they, they have that marina that they run. He doesn't seem all that retired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Roland seems like a pretty active dude for his age. Like he ain't sitting around golfing. Just just send him a note. It's not. There's not that many people there. <laughs> yeah, Omnia has a pretty small crew of people that actually work there. I think it's less than ten. So, you know, just shoot. They, they answer. So if you want to reach out to Omnia, just shoot them an email. Um, they have like a hello at omniafishing.com email. You can just, it's just like a generic inbox to all of them. Uh, or you can reach out to them on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you just message Omnia and they have a customer service guy, Kip, that answers all those and he can pass along any notes. So there's, a, there's multiple ways to get a hold of Omnia. Facebook, email. Yeah, the other thing is they are tight for space right now. They're working on expanding again, so they're literally yeah. don't have a ton of space um, to add SKUs right now. We yeah. just got one. I think they might move. 
like they're the, looking at a new space. I can right. confirm that they want to get a bigger space. So the, they they may be putting things on their list to add that they may not be actively adding right now. Fair point. I'm surprised Jordan Lee is not more dominant in this format. I feel like he's, he's such a talented young angler. But, his brother has not been doing very well either. But that doesn't surprise me. But <laughs> um, what's this? Oh, the other thing is like that's why you often see at Omnia why they have so many good things in their bargain bin. <laughs> they do have not good stuff in there. Junk. It's because they're running out of space. So and you can uh, you can stack codes on the the a lot of times you can they may have fixed that recently. <laughs> I I poke at it once in a while and find yeah. some. So if you go into their bargain bin, there's typically things in here that are fairly desirable, um, like the, all these the Nico hooks. I mean, look at all these Nico hooks and owner sniper finesse hooks. So the Nico number two that is a really popular hook. Yeah, like, so that means they got probably so what they've been happening is they they've been they had like multiple orders out during COVID with supply chain issues, and then all of a sudden they'll get three orders in, and they literally don't have enough. Play, and they're like, well, right. we can't use a whole shelf up just for Nico Higgs, so we're going to sell it down on discount until we get down to two slots, and right. so we have room to add other stuff. Is that flashy? So that's typically, Dude, owner mosquito hooks, owner those, flash. I mean, these last year you couldn't get yeah. flashy swimmers, especially the the five out the bigger flashy swimmer. Yeah. That's a popular hook for like um. Bigger swim baits. Gamagatsu yeah. Superline hooks all marked down 20% off. That's a good hook. Um, you got some Tokyo stuff. rigs. You got some rigging stuff. You play no edge people. They've got a bunch of those marked down. Yeah, those are continually on sale these days. Ned Bomb. Certain colors, right? Like they just have stuff that they get overstocked on and they sell it down. Uh, uh, the owner. So those Magnum yeah, like, football shaky heads, those owner sh shaky heads, those are really good for deep rock. So if you're fishing, oh, that's an ADOT. Never mind. <laughs> that's, that's a heavy weird. one. That's like a ledge one. But like right. owner Stinger SC XTX38s are literally one of the most replacement treble hooks or most popular replacements, replacement treble hooks right. out there. And they have all the sizes there except yeah. for three. Six cents. Yeah, so there's, you know, and then you got some random colors like of a certain – Crankbait here and there. I mean, these, yeah. Crankbaits. War Eagle. I mean, somebody thought this was the style jig that uh, Christy was throwing today. So, Jujigsu is a great name, by the way. I like that. It's a good pun. Jujigsu. Some Guggen baits for you Guggen fans. Hey, your Fighting Frog is in there. Look at that. Green Pumpkin Fighting Frog. You like that bait. It's all right. It's decent. It's good bait, especially when you get it 20% off. Well, should Ooh. we see if the code stacks? Oh, you're going to order some. You probably already have a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. There you yeah, go. yeah, you're going to have 50 cents off. A, $3. That's, that's already that. marked down. How many How many are in a pack? Uh, I don't know. I want to say, say they like some, so they got some Fat Ica, Yamamoto. What else is in here? So that fat Ica is like a historical bait for um, mafia bass mafia money bags. Those are pretty popular. Yeah, those are dude. Those things are durable. I I throw a bunch of stuff. I have a mass. I have a bass mafia like one of those plastic bags I've been using for years for when I just don't know what baits I want to bring and like if I'm going somewhere I just grab it. Like I just throw a bunch of stuff in it. And I was I'm not like I'm not like babying those things, you know. And they 
I got one that I've had for years and it's, it's like all scratched up and everything. And it, it's, it still seals super tight. You know, there's no holes in it. It's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they ever will regulate electronics. I feel like it's already gone too far when people have six screens. I don't think they're going to tell them they can only have four. Um, when you have electronic sponsor, when you have electronic companies sponsoring right. the bass leagues, they are never going to limit them because they get money from Lawrence's and Hummingbirds yeah. and the Garmin. Garmin, Lawrence, and Hummingbird are all major sponsors of all the big tournaments. Right. So you think they're going to say they're going to limit how many products of those that they can feature out on the water? Heck no. Not especially not. I mean, I could see certain leagues, maybe right. Like, yeah, maybe could someone like could local start team leagues side. or like you got your local like. You know, like I could definitely see like the Greenhorn, right? The right. Uh, let's say the green the Greenhorn Bass League started as a league that was supposed to be for like entry level tournament anglers, right? That's why it's called Greenhorn. I could definitely see like no more than four graphs, or no more than a eighty total inches or what, or sixty inches or, or forty yeah. inches of total graph or whatever. Like uh, I think, but I don't think at the tour level we're going to see that anytime soon. Now no. maybe they would do it for special events as a promotional thing every now and then, like a. I don't know, you know, like a, a throwback tournament or something, but I don't think. Um... Well, I like what Pangrak says on BTL. He's always saying like the top level should be, everybody should be using the latest cutting edge, best stuff right. out there to show everybody what's capable, right? Like it should be the, the, um, the place where everyone gets to see the bleeding edge. I'm a Coors Light guy usually, or a Mickle Light. I like Coors? Light. At the end of a tournament, I like a, a domestic light lager <laughs> Coors light or like a Pilsner any of that kind of like cheap beer is fantastic after you've had a day out in the water. I will, I hundred percent agree with you there. Don't need to be a beer snob after, a, after a fishing day. Daniel says things that he has DM about. They have later added. Yeah. The thing is there's so many products out there. They want to buy stuff that people ask for versus just, Yes, right. So if people are asking for things, they will stock it. Right. Like so if, if you've done it and three other people have, pretty good chance they'll think about it. Exactly. That's why they send those surveys out so they have metrics around who, yeah. how many people. Ask They're for very data driven. I'll tell you that. Facts. Um, nice job, Backlash Pro. Kicking the year off for the second. What'd you win? Get some cash. Rick Clone is a goat. Yes. I don't think it was. Is it fair to say he was a goat? Is he still the goat? That's a good question. When people are, you can have multiple goats, right? You have to. Uh, at this point, we weren't planning on staying I on. I, I probably way. am going to tap out for a win. Those are yeah. so long. Here's yeah. a problem. We, we, could literally, we should probably take a break and restart it for the way. <laughs> Here's the thing. If we're, I will be an asshole during a win because I will make fun of everything because the wins are so kind of ridiculous. Like, cause there's so much like, Hey, we got to make all these sponsors happy and thank everyone that you, I'm just saying I couldn't, I couldn't be nice in a way in and I don't want to be a dick. <laughs> cause, cause, cause part of the way in is like, yeah, all the, all the, it's, it's, all the, it goes on forever. They give everybody like extra time to talk at the classic. Cause it's the classic. So like at elite series way in, they make it like 30 seconds to talk. Everyone was going to talk right. for three minutes. And it's all pandering. It's all pandering. Oh, my, my Mercury motor got me out on the day. You know, my my Skeeter was the, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like it's so much pandering. I can't take it. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to get Gary back on. That's I keep saying that, but I need to definitely schedule that. Um, so hopefully we can get on and ask him in person. I know there was some supply chain issues with Sierra where they couldn't get those made or couldn't get them in. So I don't mm. know. Um, 
Oh, you're talking about the Sierra Dobbins rods? Got yeah. it. Got it. Fun favorite for the... <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe in a few years. He is a pro. He's a pro YouTuber. Yeah. The Fritz sides were 25% off. Uh, you couldn't stack the codes with them, but they were marked down. So there was a bunch of Fritz sides on sale, too. I think they got a big old shipment of those and had to get rid of some. Mm, I think I caught a fish on a flying lure, but I'm not sure. I have caught fish on a banjo minnow. When I was a teenager, someone bought me banjo minnows or whatever because that was like a thing. And I did use them and I did catch some fish on it. So I have. I mean, it's basically a nose hooked fluke. I mean. Right. Yeah. I caught. I know I caught some pike. I know pike smashed them from the when I was in my bank fishing days when I was younger. Yeah, some some of the people they'll go to the show to like show their products, and then they'll send you to the retail partners because a lot of times like Dicks and Academy and the retailers will be at the show, so they'll like, hey, come look at this rod or reel or depth finder. But if you want to go buy it, you got to go over to Joe's, or you got to go to Ralph's, or you got to go to Academy. Also, there's a lot of media at the Classic Expo and Classic. So a lot of these companies, they can set it up and all these people come and film like, hey, show us your new thing. and all. So like it's it's like a way for them to just show off the same thing and give the same copy about a product over and over. Did you ever see Dan Carlson from uh, St. Croix? He has the same like two-minute pitch on a rod and he does it over and over and over and over because everyone comes up from whatever website or whatever YouTube channel or whatever. And he like just has this routine that he goes through talking about the same thing so like a lot of it is just one central place for media to blast out content so it's it's a worthwhile place for them to show off product yeah gas prices are no fun so i guess it's from that but i don't have to worry about filling the tank of the boat i don't have so maybe the gas prices will come back down by may yeah um, I mean, I, gas prices are you know it is what oh <laughs> i guess i had not heard this that's interesting sober not i'd I don't know what goes on people's personal lives. I don't want to know. Everybody's got their vices. I think there's a pretty good chance by the end of the year, I'll have four screens on my next boat. Sweet. I had three on the last boat, but I probably will go four. Um, You going to mix and match? I think so. I think that's a smart way to go. If I I could, if I had the means and like the, um, the, the, the the ambition, I would definitely mix and match units. I I see. I I think, mixing and matching with your front facing your live yeah. front facing uh is fine because there's no reason to have your front facing sonar connected to everything else no nope. right nope. you're not going to put a, a waypoint on your front facing sonar you're no. not going to use it in that respect so there's really no advantage to having that networked into your other stuff so that really gives you the freedom to mix and match when you go to that <clears throat> the rest of the stuff like mapping uh, side scan 360. If you're going to have those products, it makes sense to have them networked. Totally. And the other thing too is, since I started using Active Target all the time, I don't even use my 2D sonar pucks anymore. I don't even turn them on or have any screen time devoted to them. I'm basically I have one screen with the Active Target, and I have the other screen with the map. So yeah, I, when I have mapping, I always run like I, I shift the screen over, so I always have the smallest sliver for 2D. I I've tried, I've done that, and then I realize I don't even look at it. I'll spend a whole day where I'm not even like really even paying attention to it because the the active target gives you a way better view of right under your boat than than the 2D does. Um, you got somebody into buying a, a St. Croix rod. Great job. It's a good rod. Um, no talks about having TK on anytime soon. I would love to have him on, but probably going to be a while. We've got lots of other people to talk to. 
tackle craft. He's a custom lure painter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the lure painter dude. Who's yeah. He's, he's also super busy. So like it was fun. To, we we streamed for four hours and fifteen minutes. We just talked oh about streaming for four hours and fifteen minutes. We went from eight to twelve fifteen in the morning. That's a marathon. Um. So, but he's also busy, and also like obviously his time. He just has he has a young kid, so I don't want to bug him like uh, that often. So. Uh, and you know his time is money right like he's literally his income is based on how much time he spends painting and building baits so he's got orders he's got fill out next orders. rig is going to be a surprise uh, i'm gonna guess it's gonna be a not a bass cat so living in the missouri outdoors uh he's there at hartwell so what's the coolest thing you saw at the expo yeah, tell us. You guys are on the ground. So I talked to a few people at the expo, and I heard that if you're going to the expo to look at hard goods like rods, reels, and tackle, it's way more geared for boats. Like the boat, apparently the boat manufacturers have the most floor space at the expo. So if you're not interested in bass boats, you're gonna run out of stuff to look at fairly quick. Like it is boats on top of boats on top of boats. Today's the theme will be making the cut, and you'll have a chance. <laughs> Well, it's uh, the whole, I can't win it on day one, but you can lose it. And the secondary one. theme will be, I didn't make the cut, and I'm super excited to see all of you guys in at booth the, XYZ at the expo tomorrow. Come see me at the Bagley or the The Apco, the Bagley, the Camus, the Hummingbird, whatever. Come, I'll be giving away towels or some, some tchotchke. <laughs> Three Denali rods for $100. Yeah, so that that's the other thing is some of these companies use the classic to dump stock. And so there's like, I saw one video, uh, one of the meme channels was making fun of it where they said, buy one, get three. That's called clearance. <laughs> like like these, guys, these, these companies have way too much stock of unpopular rods. So they just bring them all to the classic and blow them out. Um, Greg, I love the ring to VMC wide gap hooks. Same. Um, for a flipping hook in grass, uh, like flipping foil with like D bombs and things like that. I don't know. I seem like I get more bites and my hook ratio is through the roof and I've had other people do it and they say the exact same thing. Right. So I, I, I use the Gamagatu version the end yeah. uh, of the VMC version. And I, you I put a gun to my head. I can't tell you the difference, like on the water using them and like, like they're both the same and good. Well, I think, uh, by having that ring in there, your bait gets a little more free movement. So it's kind of like, you know, sometimes you downsize your line to give your bait more freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ring kind of does that. Like kind of like on a Tokyo rig, you just get more natural movement out of the bait. It's less yeah. stiff and rigid. So I think that helps get better bites or more bites. And then something about, I think, instead of tying directly to the hook, the, the, the hook can kind of rotate and it's just, it catches more meat on the way out. I don't know how to explain it, but it seems to work. The, when I, when I set the hook hard on a fish with the ring hook, like in the grass, um, I notice where the hook goes is almost always in there, right in the middle of their nose. Like, you know, you got the mouth of the fish, but then you got that meat behind it where it's like that bridge in between the eyes. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes that hook gets way up in there and comes right through the top. And I'm like, I wonder how close that was to the <laughs> fish's brain. Like sometimes I've set the hook and I brought him in. I'm like, did I almost like kill this thing? Cause the hook is way up in the head. Uh, it ain't coming off. Put it that way. Like you get some gnarly hook sets with those ringed, with those ringed hooks. There's, there's, it's not the cheapest vice, but 
There's uh, way more expensive ones. Way more expensive and way more devastating and damaging vices. Like, I have a buddy. I have a buddy Speaking of mine. Speaking of which, <laughs> this leads into our next question. <laughs> uh, are you, what are you, the cops? <laughs> Does your wife go by CJ2? <laughs> is that her no. burner account? No. Uh, yeah, the total value on my spinning collection is like, yeah, probably around 10 grand, something like that. I don't know. I, but people think, I don't, it's not like you buy all these things at once, right? It's a, it's a buildup and accumulation over years. You know what I mean? So to me, the, the raw value is irrelevant. See, you say goat like DOC, the name is greatest of all time. Yeah, but. Okay, here's a question. Tom Brady, is he the GOAT or was Joe Montana the GOAT? They both, like, you can have multiple, like, the greatest of all time should be, like, in their time. Do you know what I mean? But that's, that makes sense. Time, not greatest of their time. Yeah, but to me, a GOAT. Like, that's you the can, GOT, not the GOAT. <laughs> right. I mean, I do you know what I'm saying, though? The whole, like, who's the greatest of all time is, it's, it's a great debate, but you can't quantify it. I would probably drive three to four hours, even for a day trip, to go to the expo. I think that's about it. Yeah, three hours would probably be max for me. If I was going to go more than that, I'd make it a weekend or an overnight. <clears throat> I don't want to travel to go to a promotional expo unless someone's paying me to go there. <laughs> like, I wouldn't go there for fun. I would go there to work. You know what I mean? Like, travel, travel. Like, if it was a driving distance, yeah, I would go for fun. But I mean, I think it already is life. coming down a little bit, right? As the, like, I think you can buy the current gen uh, Garmin for a little bit less than the new gen as they clearance it out. But so market research is really important into this kind of thing. And the fishing companies have figured out what the acceptable price point for people is at this. And it's going to stay there. So it's going to be like 14 to $1,700 for forward facing sonar for probably ever. Like that's the price. If anything, it'll go up. It ain't going to go down. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I guess the, the way it comes down is that the market gets flooded and you can buy the generation old for used, right? And it still works great. Yeah, if you're looking to get a if you're looking to save money, you have to you have to go used. Or you wait till they clearance it out and come out with a new generation. Exactly. Um, so if probably you want to if you want to be on the cutting edge and always have the newest best stuff, it's probably not going to get cheaper anytime soon. I, I would say it's a safe bet that a lot of live scopes are gonna be on are gonna be sold used uh, this spring with the new right. version coming out. Um, so the one thing with the hooks that they make, they're welded hooks. So there's no break in the hook. So I guess I've never tried it with using my own split ring. Yeah. The, that's the thing is the split ring is kind of the same, but not because yeah, it's a, I it's guess a I wouldn't go chintzy. I'd go with like a really high quality split ring. <laughs> the thing hard. is it's hard to find a split ring because split rings are double thickness. Right. So Thick the double thickness sometimes doesn't freely move through the hook. Just spend the three bucks and get the ones with the welded on rings. Unless you're absolutely dead set on making your own. Yeah, that's an evergreen thing. I'm sure they have them on order. It's yeah, they haven't ordered them. I'm guessing it's that uh, evergreen hasn't shipped them. That is the one knock I think on Omnia is their top water selection is not great. They need to like land and expand their top water. I, every time I kind of perusing through the top water, it's kind of the same stuff. Like they don't. There's so many top water baits out there that they don't kind of care. Travis says the expo is worth it. Looks fun. I'd go. Yeah, if you're in the mood to buy tackle, you're probably going to save some money. If you're just going down there to kick tires and look at stuff, it may or may not be worth it. 
Yeah, there's usually a lot of good line deals. Like for some reason, Cigar always has like really good classic deals, like 50% off and stuff like that. It would kind of depend if I had anything else. I mean, if I had my own tournament that weekend, no. And I feel like if I don't have a tournament, then my kids probably got something going. I, I went the first year the elites were in lacrosse. I wouldn't be opposed to it. <clears throat> I wouldn't take time off on my Thursday or Friday to go down, or you know, I might go down Friday night. And but I, I don't remember what it's like. Late August. Oh yeah. So I got a mule on the ground at Bassmaster Classic, and he just sent me a picture. He he was able to snag some limited edition stuff that I wanted. Oh, he got you those uh, Mega Bass jerk baits you wanted. <clears throat> yeah, the, the uh, fine art gill color. Uh, anyway. He said they, they they said they'd let them buy four, so he bought four. So I don't know how many of those I'm going to get. Maybe one or two. We'll see. So you want to put it out here? Anybody else? Like live in Missouri is there. <laughs> Do you want more? Do you want people to? No, one or two is fine. Um, and plus, uh, what I heard is tackle trap. So tackle trap is sharing a booth with Mega Bass. Like they bought the same space. Like they're buddying up so any stuff that is left over from the classic will be probably sold on tackle traps website uh maybe monday or tuesday next week so you'll be able to pick up michael neal still drop shotting on fish with the the sonar it looks like it's like salzman's right on the cut line man being the bubble boy the home favorite and thrift three big names or two really big names right on the cut and ebear lane vincent elam Hey, there's a good question. Are you going to go to the sports show here in Minneapolis? Uh, probably. Yeah, you just let me know what day you're going. I'm going to probably go. I, I will definitely yeah, go. I just don't know when I'm going to go. Rain suit. So there's good deals on rain suits. There you go. Like, that'd be cool if there was like AFCO or Striker or some of those promotions on some good rain suits. Yeah, I'm oh, sure they bring a lot. Such of limited colors coming tomorrow at Hookup. South Jersey. Yeah, those are the respect colors, though. Those aren't the ones. So... The ones, so the ones at the classic are what's called fine art. I don't know, you don't know this, but like Mega Bass does what's called a fine art series, where they have jerk baits that are actually like not mass painted. People actually go on with the brush and paint them like they're each one is unique. Do you know what I mean? So um, like a like a custom painter kind of a version. Um, anyway, Mega Bass brought a bunch of fine arts to the expo, which typically they're kind of hard to find um, because they don't make that many of them. So. That's why people are amped up over the ones at the classic. That's why you're amped up about them. <clears throat> yep. I was trying to, I was trying to get any like random hard to find stuff. I just, I'm, 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 I'm stupidly attracted to Like, I don't know why I just want to get it. Travis says both times the Sunday at the classic, they were blowing Avengers stuff out. Oh my gosh. Ronnie, shut your week. mouth. The chill- There's all the preamble stuff going on. At the classic right now at the weigh-in. Oh, the uh, do you ever watch? Do you ever watch beginning of the weigh-ins where they have the if you make a cast into this thing, you win like a gazillion million dollars, and no one is ever even close. You know what I'm talking about? It's like some promo where it's, it's like that. It's a Berkeley cast for a ten thousand dollars, and Hank Parker is always running it. Right, and every time, no one even gets near the thing. It always cracks me up. I think they purposely tune the reel to make a shitty cast so they don't have to pay the money. Oh, they're using like a $50 Berkeley combo probably. <clears throat> right. And they got the, they got the spool tension knob set too tight. So it only is going to cast like eight feet. 
Yeah, so the Dark Sleeper Gill is a um, soft plastic jig. You know, remember that, you know, the Dark Sleeper? They're making the Dark Sleeper, but into a bluegill profile. And uh, it's supposedly coming out this summer. Mega Bass nerds are excited for it, which it basically looks like every other bluegill paddle tail swim bait. I don't think it's really like all that exciting. Like Savage Gear and all these companies have been making this kind of bait forever. It's just, it's just a Mega Bass version, which means it's going to be 10 bucks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know when I'll go down there. Arsenal was going to have a booth, but I don't think they are. So I don't think I'll have to work it. But I'll probably at least go down there for a day. You know, what's oh. good is you, you go down there like in the morning and then mm. go to Red Cow for lunch. Red Cow, dude, let's do that. I'm in. <laughs> I'll go get a. I'll go get a Red Cow's burgers are freaking good. I'm in. Let's do it. So. I, I have an ulterior motive that I want to go to the Northwest Sports Shows here because I actually am hoping that a lot of the um, Canadian – well, wait, what's the – is the COVID border rules opened up at all? Can Are we going to get Canadian guys coming down to the sports show? You know what I'm talking Maybe. about? I don't, know. I don't know. I think they could probably travel. but Because I want to start looking at fly-in trips for um, – That is the show to do it. I'll tell you right. that. Right. I know because all, they all come down. So – I want to start planning and pricing out a flying trip for me and my son and my dad to go up into Canada, like deep Canada, uh, maybe next year or the year after some, sometime in the next like two years. So I kind of want to go around and talk to a few of those guys. Cause I want to go to like one of those super remote lakes where you got to take the puddle jumper in. And then it's like smallmouth walleye, big pike, you know, kind of everything up there. So I want to kind of start looking at that. Good luck, Clint. Shouldn't be too hard. Ned rigs get bit. Like, I love the Ned rig. That's yeah. my fave. Well, speaking of it, we're approaching three hours, and you mocked yeah. us for going for four hours. So I actually yeah. probably should change the go plug on my pellet grill before dinner, and it gets dark. So I think this is a good – there's a half hour before the weigh-in starts. Yeah, man. I don't think I'm coming back on tonight, but I am tentatively planning to either do an afternoon session tomorrow, depending on when my niece's birthday party gets done. <laughs> Or a post game show, so just subscribe yeah. and hit the bell notification button so you don't miss it. But I'll try to get that posted ahead of time, and uh, maybe it'll be myself, maybe mm-hmm. Brian, maybe I'll find somebody else to to join in. Cool. Um, this week on the stream, uh, Super K Jigs coming on, talk hand tying jigs and custom swim jigs and things like that. And the week after that, John Sukup on Thursday night on the oh, 7th. that'll be a good one. So all you guys have had questions about front facing sonar and trolling motors and graphs, like tune in Thursday the seventeenth. Oh, uh, I will definitely be watching John's hookup one. He's yeah, maybe I don't know. Does Debo have a guest on tonight? Because I could always see if Debo had me on. I could come back on for a matinee special tonight. Um, but great numbers today for a random Saturday afternoon. Appreciate it, everybody. Um, well, and hopefully a boat. I'll have a boat video this week about the boat. Sick. I'm excited. Um, You've been keeping uh, it tight-lipped, man. No one knows what you're what you're up to, so I'm I'm excited to uh, to see. You. All I gotta say is I hope you. Uh, I'm, I'll drive down to your neck of the woods uh, when you get it, and you can. I want to go frogging, so you can take me down frogging. I want to. I feel like the way the boat's prices are for like the slightly used to new is like I keep the only thing I see is the meme of like I'm never gonna find financially recover from this. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, yeah, I, yeah, it's brutal out there still. I don't know if it's gonna get any better anytime soon though. Absolutely, Dustin. As we get closer, send me some DMs. Uh, in, you know, and anybody that's got always like, if you see a guest come on the stream and you can't make it live, feel free to always send me a DM on Instagram or something like that. If you want to get a question asked, that's that's always fair game. So 
Super KJX. I ordered some this off season. They are fun. They are gorgeous. Like I'm really, really excited to go start throwing those. Like spring's a great time for swing jigging. So I, uh, you know, around that shallow cover. So I will. I'm like super pumped to to yeah, give the, the uh, KJX a, a whirl. They're actually, like the early when you first go over to Wisconsin. Like when it like swim jigs like in right. like early, just really just slow rolling. They just get right rushed. My favorite early ice out stuff is swim jig, regular three eighth ounce jig, shaky head, and crank. I, I I did really well cranking really at early ice out last year. Like I had a day where I literally just cranked all day and it was all ear biting. Like it was just, it was amazing. So if you like custom glide baits, you can get them for just under six hundred dollars at the. Oh, that's all. That's it. That's it. Six hundred bucks, bargain. But. Uh... <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you. This will be, uh, if you came in late, you can catch the replay on either channel. Um, yeah, and uh, it'll also be available in audio form on the Hello Bass podcast if you'd rather listen to it. And uh, we still have like 100 people hanging around. I, yeah. I'm shocked. So, yeah, thanks to everyone that watched and hung out with us today. The steady stream of comments and questions was very entertaining and uh, a good way to kill a, a lazy Saturday afternoon for sure. Yeah, and I guess. Is there interest in this? Like, would people want to do this for like elite series events, other stuff, just to do like hang out and kind of watch, but kind of have the side conversations? I don't know. Leave me a comment down below if you think this is like something we should do more of. Yeah, we could we could do one for uh, maybe the AOI or I don't know, pick like a championship. If if a championship Sunday is like a good derby going on and there's like something. You know, like, like it's a tight field. That would be fun to just, just kind of do a couple hours or whatever. But yeah, Tom says yes, please. So maybe something we'll do more of. I know, like Bass Talk Live talked about doing like Sunday. I, I thought about doing this, and then they were going to do like the post game parties, and they did one or two of them. But like, or like right. post game wrap up shows after the weigh ins, or like we come in like the last two anglers of the weigh in and watch like the weigh in, like you know, not the whole weigh in because right, like you said, weigh ins are not super exciting, but just like the last two or three guys to weigh in. And then, uh, yeah, just kind of break it down afterwards. That could be kind of cool. I think this format has potential if there's interest in the tournament. Like, I think if you did this for a tournament, people aren't like super invested in. Classic makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? AOI could make sense. Maybe even like the Red Crest on MLF could make sense because that's their championship, right? Um, but yeah, I think doing it selectively is a, a good idea. Yeah, I don't know if it was like july and it was nice everywhere in the country if we get 120 people watching us talk about a tournament they Zero. probably want to be outside doing something so. i might not want to sit on a watch i i yeah. want to be out fishing that's probably me too i'd like i'd just be out at the smoker or something right. I don't know. well this is a perfect storm of like the you know the weather's not great a lot of the tournament itself is uh dynamic you know there's no one just running away with it you know i think this is like a perfect storm of of um, this is like a Minnesota where we can't stop talking and we don't actually end the stream. Okay, let's end it. All right, thank you, everybody. All right, take it All easy. Right. Stay tuned. As always, to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.